Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on it. This is episode 687, February 14th, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. I didn't bring you flowers. I hope you're making your significant other listen to this. Please don't. That's that's cruel. Hey, didn't it, it get someone laid? Your significant other anymore. This is true. Did, did, didn't someone get laid to this podcast? I recall... Oh god damn it! Why was, you gotta bring that up? That that damn. was I don't know if that was true. Or not. <laughs> Probably not, but because because obviously because also the partner in that sexual escapade said, "Hey, isn't this in 4G radio?" I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fucking lie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, isn't this that most famous podcast of all time? Oh, I will <laughs> never meet another person who has ever heard of this show. Yeah, I mistake out in public all the time, Drew. I don't know what you're talking about. The, I, no. <laughs> Aren't you that, that, that redneck on N4G radio? <laughs> they well, yes, I am. Me. They run up to me all the time, like, I know you. You're far I reckon... less racist in person. <laughs> I recognize <laughs> those lovely tones. You're, you're right. Anthony, he was right. You are not a thousand pounds. <laughs> The podcast audio adds 10 pounds, what can I say? <laughs> How many podcasts are we on right now? <laughs> Man, I'm on so many podcasts. So many. Uh, but as you probably guessed, we have, we have Anthony on the show. podcasts. <laughs> we have Anthony on the show. We have Drew. Yep. And we got the Wombat, too. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're already off to a great start. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. You know, they they make you have the Super Bowl on Sunday, and then you got to do Valentine's Day on Monday. I mean, how are you supposed to concentrate? The the apology day for watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, you know, there's lots of commercials. <laughs> and around here, Super Bowl is. Uh... It's a little Rocking wild this year. It's a little wild this year. It's been what thirty-one years, you know. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think well, the, the kickoff is at six thirty. We'll probably finish recording, you know, three or four hours before that. I'll probably have to order my pizza when we get off the show, just to make sure yeah. that I have it by the time. No yeah, kidding. Especially since a lot of the restaurants around here are closing down early. Yeah. So it's a little. A little crazy out there today. Yeah, most of the restaurants around here that you would expect to be really busy on Super Bowl Sunday are actually closing down at like 3 or 4 o'clock so that the employees can get home to watch the Super Bowl. How far away are you guys from Cincinnati? 
Uh, where I am is a little different than Ken. I'm probably 45 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I think I, I could. we could both reach Cincinnati in less than an hour. For sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's, it's a little wild around here today with the Bengals being in the Super Bowl. Who day, indeed. Anyway. Who day, indeed. Who day? Who, who, you don't know who day? Who day? Who day is the who chant day? in Cincinnati. Who day think going to beat them Bengals? That's, yes. Oh, I've never heard that. Really? Granted, I've never actually paid attention to the Bengals in probably 10 years, so. Yeah. Yep. The who, who day, who day is the big, yeah, the big deal. I know who dat. They stole the... that. They stole yeah, that. they stole that. They stole that? Yeah, we no, had it we, first. We stole that. Gotcha. We stole Our, that. Ours is rise up, which is more like a downfall for the for the Falcons. Hey. hey you got you got Matty Ice. Matty Ice is, <laughs> needs to be traded very soon. It's more like Matty Icy Hot. He's a little old now. <laughs> he is a little yeah, old now. Yeah. Hey, our, our slogan is just win, baby, and we haven't followed that in a good 20 years. So... <laughs> Not since Madden was there. <laughs> no, no. We went to the Super Bowl in 2002. We lost it, but we went. You know. So so actively. Actively, we have won one. The crowd won as many Super Bowls as your team. Hey, you know what? My team has won more Super Bowls than, than gone, a lot of teams in gone. the NFL. Yeah. He, he, his team has won more than my team. Yeah, you've won none. This is never, never. Neither. Hey, the Bengals have never won either. True story. So, yeah. you know is, who else has never? Yeah, Cleveland. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Oh. Cleveland's never won one. Cleveland too. Yeah. Jacksonville. I think there's well, there's like five or six teams that have never won one. Period. The Titans haven't, have they? Oh, they're the newest team, aren't they? No, no. The Titans aren't the newest team in the league. No, no. I think technically they got the the Oilers. Um, yeah, they did, but I mean, you know what I history. mean. History. Newest team is still Houston, right? Houston Texans. Yeah, because they were after Tennessee. Because Houston it? moved to Tennessee. Yeah. Because the the it was the Houston Oilers. They moved to Tennessee. They were the Tennessee Oilers for one season. Yep. That's right. That's right. And the Browns were gone for a year because they became the Ravens, and then they brought the Browns back. Right. <laughs> so, still a weird thing. I remember the expansion of the Jaguars and the Panthers. I remember that year. Yeah. So, I think the Texans were after that. I think the Texans are the newest team. I think. You may be right. Texans were like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Yeah, because my quarterback's brother played for them. And I remember, who was who was the first player? Because it, it was a big deal. They drafted a quarterback. What was, was it? Fuck. What was his name? Uh, you're asking the wrong guy. Matt. Uh, I don't even know. Ah, oh, fuck. I can't remember his name. Matt Schaub. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he ended up being about as good as most first-round quarterbacks. They're also, so you know, they are also bringing back the United States Football League again. Yeah. Well, you know, every time they try this, hey, there will be a football in March and April, it never pans out. It's always terrible. Usually it is, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. They 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 actually got some backing with this one. They That's had weird. backing with the one a couple of years ago, and I watched one game of it, and I'm like, wow, this sucks. And just... uh, we'll see. I'm going to give it a shot. They brought the generals back, which was where, if you remember correctly, Donald Trump, I think, owned it at one point and convinced um, uh, Herschel Walker 
to to join his league rather than the NFL? Well, I'm not going to have that conversation right now. <laughs> really worked out for him. Yeah. So. Hey, next year we get the Washington Commanders, so there is that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm gonna, officially, gonna... by the way, officially, by the way, you are correct, Ken. The Houston Texans are the youngest okay. NFL team. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I forgot about that. That was like, what, 2002? I don't know the year. Yeah, 2002 is their first year. Okay. That's what I was thinking. So That's it's right after we lost the Super Bowl. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right, Anthony's over there asleep, so let's talk about video games. Go no, no, it. keep going. I was I was doing other things. At that point, I just fucking checked out and was like, all right, I'll come back when they can mention. Hey, we're back. Anthony, I have to ask Anthony. Anthony, do you know anything about American football? That I don't like it. I tried watching it. Listen, I, I, I get that some people are passionate about it. But, like, it's a sport I don't care about. It's like asking me if I give a shit about hockey. I do not. Well, Is let me any let sport me... that you're into? Uh, so I need to get back into baseball. The problem is, is that, you know, when you work overnight, the baseball games are happening as you're going to work. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother following this anymore. Gotcha. So Listen to you... it on the radio. Baseball's great on the radio. Yeah. It's just as boring oh, as it is in person. Know you know what? Where were you when I was working overnights? <laughs> <laughs> I never even thought about that. God damn it. So let me ask uh, this. Do you, good. do you watch the Super Bowl? Cause I know a lot of people watch no. it even though they don't like football. So, so uh, I guess the the weird thing that most people don't realize, it's a bit different now, but for the longest time, you know, a lot of people hype up the commercials because it's extreme, like, as much as it's an American sport, like, it really doesn't have, outside of Canada and the U.S., it really doesn't have the same sway as, say, a soccer does, mm-hmm. um, or football everywhere else in the world. Um, so... The weird part is, is that, you know, they spend a bunch of money on ads. Those ads wouldn't be shown in Canada. Because it's a different network that shows it in Canada. So all these ads that you would, like these companies would spend a bunch of money on, wouldn't make it north of the border. Um, unless you were like watching an American channel. And... That's not how it works all the time. So I, for the longest time, it's like we just didn't tune in. I've seen, you know, you'll still see the halftime show up here. Um, again, it's a bit different now. Most of the commercials kind of make it over. Um, but and just I don't care, I guess. Like the the halftime show this year, like, OK, I totally understand why people will be tuning in um, to see Dre perform and however fucking long it's been. Um and with Eminem and Kendrick Lamar, like it, it's it's a stacked concert, but it's like I don't give a shit about a halftime show most of the time. I mean, Snoop gonna be there. Yeah, is Snoop there too? Yeah, Snoop yeah. and Dre are the headliners. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, it's just one of those things where it's like I just don't I don't care enough about football, and I don't care. En- like I can watch it later. You know, like nothing disappears anymore, so nothing's necessarily like a must tune in. And it's like Super Bowl performances aren't live; they're all pre-recorded. Is is football relatively big in Canada, or no? Um. So, uh, so I, I know you all know about can- Canadian football. Yeah, CFL. Yeah, mm-hmm. CFL has slightly different rules, um, and it's popular. Uh, fo- 
like um as someone whose birthday used to fall on Super Bowl weekend a lot. Yeah. Like I can tell you from trying to order a pizza <laughs> that it is very it was very hard. Um so yeah, there, there's still Super Bowl parties. I, I think it's died out over time, but I feel like that's just kind of the NFL in general. Um like I know it's still big. It's it's not that it's it's just it used to be bigger of an event. Um, like no longer do you see the TVs going on sale for you know Super Bowl. Um, that used to happen. Uh, it's just not the same anymore. Um, and I don't know if it's just interest is waning or it's just not publicized as much. Uh, people sort of figured out that we should handle this better. I'm not really sure, but for. From the sounds of it, like it sounds like people kind of don't care as much anymore up here. From people I talk to, obviously I can't speak for everyone. I guess it really all depends on the um, on the location in the United States. Because in Georgia, you know, we have the Falcons in Atlanta, but they're not the greatest team in the world. Um, so you don't hear a lot of people talking about NFL stuff around here. What's really big down here is college football, and well. It's because of Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah, UGA, UGA won the championship this year. So, uh, hey, I, I go past that college almost every day. So, CFL is popular. Like, where I am now, but like where I used to live, there wasn't a team. So, you didn't have it. Like, so OHL was popular in um, London, Ontario, because London Knights was an OHL team. Um, so it is definitely location based as well, but like you'll see a lot of merch for um, the local uh, CFL team. Um, Toronto isn't as big with the Argonauts, but if you're out in Alberta, they have you know a stronger CFL following. Um, Toronto, I think, has just too many sports, and and you know the CFL team isn't as big as their NBA team or. Um, their uh, MLB team. So, and their MLB team isn't as big as their fucking um, NBA team. Like the Raptors are probably the most popular. Like driving through the city now, um, you see a lot of Drake and Raptors stuff. It's because they just won the championship not too long ago. Before that, even though, like, I, I I hate to give Drake some credit, but I think the fact that he watches every Raptors game. Uh, even though a lot of people say he's he's bad luck. <laughs> hey, to be fair, um, we have two teams in Ohio, and they both suck. So. But uh, yeah, I, just the Super Bowl. Yeah, like a lot of people, he said it to me. Like, hey, did you know that there's going to be a football game at the Dr. Dre concert? Hell yeah! Yeah. Uh, so. What's funny is uh, Toronto is one of the cities that was considered when they. To, to bring this conversation back full circle when they brought football back to Houston. Really? It doesn't shock me to have a team right there in Toronto. Every other every other sport has one right there, so why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. All right. Everybody's probably like, stop talking about football. The game's over and this team won, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sure, let's talk about fine. video games. Anthony, I'm going to kick off with you. I don't know if you all saw the, the anime ladies I put in the chat, but what the fuck? Yeah, that's Optimus yeah, Prime the... and Megatron. Yeah, that's yeah. that's messed up. Um, Is it Just fan remember art? Them. <laughs> no, it's not fan art. That's actually a Hasbro. No, those are toys. Those are going to be statues. What the hell? Yeah, okay, whatever. 
the, the, this you know. isn't the first time shit. You know what? <clears throat> for 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 <clears throat> weird thirsty men. I was just gonna say this is the first time they can say in public like, "Oh, Optimus Prime, turn me on." These are right. these are not scan- like as scantily clad as they could have been. No, no, so, no, no. They're not at all. But like they're pretty. <clears throat> they're they're to, to describe them. They are the most tamest of anime characters I've ever seen. <laughs> I saw the um, um, weird, <clears throat> but I saw the uh, the quote going around the, uh, yesterday about the Atler games coming to Xbox. If fan demand is there, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know, Xbox gamers, are you that thirsty?" Yes, they are. It's weird because <laughs> those games originally weren't like that. Right? No, no, they weren't. They became hornier as they went on. Yeah, well, they became horny with the newest one, where like it, that series kind of exploded. I don't remember the name of the girl. Um, it's the newest one where her hips just seem to get wider and wider every time they make a game. Like, I, mean, I can't, I just, I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Come they, on. They know who their audience is, it's okay. Oh, oh man. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed Origins, hey, that's a really good game. Um, I did try to play another game. Uh, oof. Uh, so, I'm like, you know what, I really want to play that that Crossfire X. Oh God, no! We're oh no! Wait, wait, Ken, I got a story. I'm like, I want to play Crossfire X. Yeah, I've been seeing some bad things, but I really want to play that Remedy campaign. Fuck it! Like, even if it's a mediocre, you have to pay for that shit. I went absolutely so, not. Here's the thing: you're not supposed to. Yeah, I know. It's a bug. What is this? What is? Oh, are you? You're gonna need to tell me what this is. So, All right, so let's, let's yeah. hold on. Let's 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 go back. Like. Supposedly, Drew, have you ever heard of Crossfire? You'll get caught up in the Crossfire, the, 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 <laughs> not, the board game. Not that, not the eighties board. No, no, game. no, no, Drew. Okay. Drew, Drew no, Drew's on the right page here. Okay, so no <laughs> is the answer. Um, but apparently, it's one of the most popular games in the world. Yeah, it's a smile, smile gate, smile gate, or smile bit. I can't remember which one. I'm, I'm gonna call horseshit on this. Um, because I, I don't believe it at this point. Now that we've seen it somewhat in action, um, no horseshit. Like you, you've been you've been selling this lie. So cr- Crossfire is like a, just a first person shooter, I, military multiplayer y- game. Y- 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 picture in your head. That's right. It's that. But it's free to play, right? So yeah. it's like a popular, you know, because it's the entry price is a big zero. So years ago now, uh, it was announced that Remedy was doing a like a single player campaign for Crossfire X. So not only would you get the multiplayer game, you would get the single player campaign made by fucking Remedy of all people. So I'm like, yes, I love Remedy. Give me that. And uh, they're like, Crossfire X is coming to Game Pass. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to pay for it. Perfect. And so I downloaded Crossfire X. And not so I'm like on the main screen. By the way, th- this is my whole fucking experience with this. So it's 8 gigs. I'm like, that seems pretty small, but okay. You know, maybe they really optimized it. Um... So so you go into Game Pass, it's like download, but it's free with Game Pass, but it's a free-to-play game, so I don't understand how that 
fucking works, but whatever. <laughs> I download it. I, it starts up. It is the fucking laggiest menu I've ever seen. I'm, I realize I'm on an original Xbox One, but I've heard from people that are not, and so this menu is just shit. No, it's, it's one of those cursor. It's one of those cursor <clears throat> ones. Now I'm used to using one of those cursors ones. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I've never thought somebody would make a fucking worse system than this, but they just took the thing that Assassin's Creed Origins is doing and said, "What if we did it bad?" So now. And I guess I technically Bungie really set that off with Destiny. But regardless, um, I hate that fucking menu system. This one fucking lags. Then I go, oh, the menu is actually designed terribly as well. Yes. So I'm trying to find where this single player campaign is. And I'm flipping through tabs of shit. And it's just so slow. And I'm watching graphics pop in. And when the graphics are done, I went, is it done loading in? <laughs> Or what the about the one menu yes. where the lady talks to you? That's the one. <laughs> That's the one where I went, is this glitched? Yeah. Like, what happened? Like, what am I looking at? Like, I, it, it, You're looking it, at a great big pile of shit. Shit, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like flipping through. I'm like, I don't know where the single player campaign is. I, so somebody said, oh, it's a separate thing. So I'm like, but I didn't see a separate download. I looked. I went to the store to download it. So I'm like flipping through. It's on the... Oh, there are the missions on the front... Or the main page of the menu. And it's like terrible. And I'm like click on it. It's like, you, you need to buy the single player campaign. And I went, what? Yeah, you're supposed to get supposed one. To be... uh, there's, there's two campaigns. Yeah. You're supposed to get one of them free with Game Pass. The other one you would have to pay for. But there's a bug oh. that keeps you from playing the free one. So thank you for like so so I'm supposed to still pay for one. You're not getting any of my fucking money for this. No, no, no. I, no. I will never play this single player campaign and and get fucked with the whole. All oh, this is the most one of the most popular games in the world. I call BS. You know what? I've never and people say, well, you know, it might be language locked or whatever. No, I've heard of stuff being big in Japan, uh, China and Japan, and and it, it makes its way through because there's. There's expats everywhere, right? Like, there's people that are born in America that now live in China and Japan and all around the world and all these areas where these games apparently take off. And not once have I heard people go, yeah, I've only ever heard the repeat of it, and I'm probably guilty of it too, saying that Crossfire is one of the most played games in the world. How? There's only there's a limited amount of people, and, like, we have numbers on things that we actually have heard of. And I just can't imagine that this game... It, like, maybe at one point in time, like, I realize this is a new version, but, like, I, if this is the quality of the game, I, I'm sorry, people have too much of an expectation on free-to-play to fucking deal with this shit. Did you actually you're, play the games. multiplayer? No, I wasn't, please, I wasn't, first of all, you're not gonna sell me on a multiplayer game and then have that menu be that, I was like, this game's gonna be terrible, I'm not fucking jumping into this. So... That game, if you actually play the multiplayer, from what I... Dude, it's it's comparable to, like, an Xbox 360 FPS. Like, it's not... It's not great. I, I, I was so... I, I was so irritated by the fact that, A, the, the thing that was promised wasn't there. Or, I well, until I used to it, I, I thought maybe I misunderstood. Although, I'm like, it's a free-to-play fucking game. Of course it's free on Game Pass. Like, of course it's just free. You don't get to say free on Game Pass by just being a free game. Like, no, it's like you're, saying, you're like, supposed oh, with... to be able to play it. 
but well, but apparently only the first part. Get yeah, fucked. only one half of it. And from what I hear, both halves of it are are uh, like under five hours between the both of them. So, like under five hours total. Total, yeah. They're not very long. I hope Remedy got a paycheck out of that because I'm sure they did. What kills me about it is like you remember when Microsoft talked about this, like it was the second coming of Jesus, and then we didn't hear anything, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just well, came out. They knew. They yeah, knew. Well, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like everybody kept repeating the same rhetoric and now we're here and it's like oh this was clearly a lie like was this a big was this a big scam like we're did we just suddenly event like oh it's crossfire and people play it all over the world except it doesn't really exist like (laughs) no that's what it feels like microsoft probably need to vet their third party collaborations a little better i I just i want i want to like I've mentioned that like player ba- player unknown battlegrounds like looks rough and stuff, but like man, like yeah. the gra- the graphics the the pop in on this like it looked saying it looks like a 360 game is 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 uh, a polite way of putting it, Ken. Because really, what you need to say is this looks like a real early PS2 to 360 port, like Killzone One, baby. Uh, I was thinking more like gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a 360 game. <laughs> like, the fucking design of it was so... And the menu... The menu... I've just never used a menu that bad. It's a pretty bad menu. It crashed my Xbox at one point. I was afraid of it doing it. Like, as soon as I saw that the player... That I had to buy that file, I was like, delete delete from the hard drive and going back to Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, I I would say do I would not even waste my time with Crossfire X. I'm, I'm not I'm never downloading it again. That's it's for bad. Sure. It's bad. Um, I will say going back to a better game with Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, fuck man, that game continues to impress. Um, it's some of the best writing. I don't know what happened. Like I don't know who wrote most of the dialogue. I know it's a, probably a team of writers, but um. The stuff between um, Bayek and his son was really well done. And, like, the uh, actor playing Bayek does an amazing job. And, man, like, so I was saying to Drew, like, because I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, there's playing with stuff that was previously in Assassin's Creed, and they kind of dropped off of it after Assassin's Creed 3 for quite some time and i'm like it's cool that you brought this back but you need to keep this going like they finally do the thing where they they kind of did it with desmond i just never thought it was very good where they have the bleed over effect because you play as someone in the real world in this and like eventually she puts a dagger on her arm and uses it as a hidden blade and i was like that's what we wanted and there's like more of the science fiction stuff coming in but then there's like these huge historical stuff that they're doing too that's really neat and like it's it's what i wanted from assassin's creed that they dropped off of and they kind of started to abandon it come assassin's creed 3 where they seemed like they didn't want to play with the stuff they built up into they just wanted to be done with that so they could move on and do something different um 
I'm just continuously impressed by everything that Assassin's Creed Origins is doing. Um, like all the sub quest, like all the um, uh, side missions, sub quests, whatever. Um, and like just the dialogue in those small quests that are like unnecessary to the grander scheme of the story, but it's just like it helps build the world out just a little bit more. Um, and like having even done one of the weird trials yet where you fight like Anubis and stuff and like these animus glitches and um there's just still so much to do and I fuck I, I just can't get over how, how long like I can't believe I sat on this game for that long. Like as soon as I'm done this, I really do want to just jump into Odyssey. That's how much I'm enjoying Assassin's Creed Origins. But like I haven't sat down and played a game like this in so long so you know i do like having a bit of a checklist but what like i like about this is it's doing everything and making it feel like there's a reason behind it like oh yeah these are invaders so clearing the outpost story-wise makes sense too not just for another checklist on the map like these are the romans coming in to take over from the greeks who took over from the Egyptians, so um, yeah, I'm really just fucking enjoying it. I'm glad I started with this first because, uh, like Ryan, you were saying, the combat gets a little less deliberate um, in um, Odyssey. Sorry, Ryan. I was on mute. Yes, yeah, it's, okay, yeah, Cause... it changes quite a bit. Okay, because I'm really enjoying what the combat is now, so I'm kind of excited to see how it's different. Um, I still think Odyssey has my favorite combat. I really liked combat in Odyssey. I love very the, smooth. I love the moves, like the power moves, like the bull rush and stuff. Like I really like those moves, and the counter well, system is super satisfying. I love parrying and watching the guy stagger, and then you just stab him in the chest. And the finishing moves that Bayek has, the one with the axe, might be one of the most. Vi- There's a couple. There's the the ones where you have like the large mallet or an axe. Are pretty fucking violent. Like the the only thing that's missing is the decapitation that clearly should be happening when he hits yeah. the man in the the neck with the axe. That happens um, in Valhalla. Yeah, fucking heads go flying in Valhalla, man. Oh, yeah. good because that that, that's... that actually that actually happens. So a lot of that combat stuff feels kind of the same in the Shadow of Mordor and the Shadow of War series, and that is very graphic. Yeah, you're, the shadow you were rolling heads in Shadow, shadow of, of Mordor. Mordor where the the orc comes back with his head stitched back on, or his eye like that you've cut out. Like he comes back and he has it stitched. They just keep sending these poor orcs to fight you, even though you've murdered them multiple times. Yeah. They're like leviathans. Yeah. Drew. Unfortunately, yeah. to see all that stuff, you have to play Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor. Hey, the Shadow first of one, Mordor is good. Yeah, the Shadow first one's good. War, uh, that second one is a the, little rough. The first one is fine. Yes. But it quickly... Uh, it's very repetitive. It's quickly on its bullshit very quick. Yeah. yeah. That like second it, game is like bullshit from the beginning. The, but it has singing works. Shadow, Shadow of Mordor is like the first three hours... You're like, oh man, this is really cool, and then all the bullshit starts, and it's like, okay, man, I'm, I'm good without, I'm good without all of this shit. 
the first three hours is more of the first three hours. It's it's crazy to me that the year that that game came out was such a bad year for video games that that's the one that we kind of pegged as the best game of that year. To be fair, that system... It's like, cool! That's the only thing that's missing from Origins, is that as much as they've written all these villains, which, by the way, all I want to say, without spoiling anything, because it's one of those, like, I can't talk about like people there might be people that still haven't played it and i want you to experience it like i experienced it they've written all the villains and how you find out who they are because you don't know what that who they are so well that like every one of those missions as i was slowly uncovering it i'm like there's so many good twists that are like perfectly emotional like oh and they are not so I like back back when I played Modern Warfare, the new one, the campaign. I they they spoiler for a campaign that no one's going to go back to, I guess. Um, even though I spoiled it back when it came out, like two weeks after. Um, they kill a kid, but the kid like is running through the fog, and then the guy turns around and shoots the kid, and it's like you never see the kid die. And I know that's like an unnecessary thing because it's like, but it's like if you're gonna do it, just do it. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins is not afraid to show you kids dying, and I I know that's a really weird thing to appreciate, but that is like a constant no-no in both video games and movies, where I'm like, they they don't want to show you a kid dying. They'll show you the dead body, but they never really want to talk about it. And uh, no, in this game, they're just like, fuck it, here it is. And I'm like, wow, that is some dark shit. But it's like, yeah, that's what happens when in in like a time where like someone is here to usurp the land, you know, um, and colonize it. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Like, I, I hate that it's just keeps being the game, the only game that I'm playing, but like, fuck, it's a very good game. Like I realize I'm fucking again, five years late to the party or whatever it is, but it's just like, it still feels brand fucking new. That's how well done it is. Um, and again, that sci-fi shit, like, you need to keep that going. That's where I fucking love this game. Um, man, the, the... By the way, Ken, I just want to say that there are at least seven games that came out in 2014 that are better than Shadow of Mordor. I want to hear them. You want to hear them? Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on so that. My, my game of the year that year was Dragon Age Inquisition. As was mine. Uh, also out in 2014 that was better than Shadow of Mordor, Destiny, the first Destiny. one. Destiny, yep. Uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order. No, there's eh, probably mine. There's probably game. mine right there. That game was uh, good. Assassin's Creed Rogue. Oh, I didn't care for was that one. better than Assassin's Creed Unity. Well, that wasn't hard, though. Yeah, depending, <laughs> depending on how you feel about it, potentially Watch Dogs, although I'm not really a fan <gasps> of that game. That's mine. That's mine right there. Uh, Skylander's Trap Team. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Wii. Eh, no. Or Wii U, I mean. Yeah, yeah. no, especially not. Yeah. Uh, well, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which doesn't count. Wait, two what? or one? Uh, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two don't no, count. Uh, two don't count. Divinity Original Sin, the first one. That was okay. a good one. That's a good one. Forza Horizon 2. Mm. Mm. Uh, Titanfall. That first one can... Yeah, uh, that uh, first one is just multiplayer. I didn't care as much for it. And uh, I think those are probably the ones. Goat Simulator. 
so so um <laughs> this is uh, I'm gonna tell right now the best game like technically out of that list to me is the first Wolfenstein. I think it's an amazing story. I think it's the perfect tone. Um, I love that game. But if you're asking for like a pure emotional response, it's Watch Dogs. Um, I love that story. Uh, I love the mechanics. None of those games have lived up to that first game, um, and neither story or yeah. gameplay. But I can also tell you that there's a lot of flaws in that game while Wolfenstein actually runs really well. You've got other... Sorry, you've got people screaming at us right now because there are other games that I didn't mention. Also out in 2014, Dark Souls 2. I don't think anyone's going to Co- fight you on that one, though. Call of, Dark Duty, Souls- Adva- Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. That's, That's the, the one, one everybody... Kevin Spacey. That's the one everybody hated. Yep. Uh, the Evil Within. No respect for that game that year. South Park, I, I... The Stick of Truth. Okay, that's a good one. I think that was probably my game of the year. That or Dragon Age. Bayonetta 2. Not as good as the first one. Uh, Master Chief Collection. That didn't didn't come out until last year. Shut up. (laughs) Hearthstone launched in 2014. Yeah. For some people, not me. Sunset Overdrive. Again, criminally underrated. Little Big Planet 3. Oh, no, that was a bad little big planet. Everybody checked Five out Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Definitely for some people. More money than any game on this list. That yeah. that, that's fine if it made more money. It doesn't make it it's, any good. It, it, uh, uh, you know what? Hold on. Okay, I'll defend <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. It's everything. It's kind of like Dark Souls. Everything that's inspired by it is generally trash. But the concept and how well, and the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's really does sell that. I mean, Roblox uh, makes a lot of money, and I think it's straight trash. Yeah, I son. didn't say it was be- good because it made a lot of money. I said it does well because it's like a well thought out game, and everything that copied it sucks an egg. Uh, also out in 2014, uh, Diablo 3 Reaper Souls. Uh, PT. That's not a game. That's, That's not, not a game. game. <laughs> uh, a- Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes. That's no, not a not game really either. A game. A demo. Infamous, infamous Second Son and that Infamous was, First Light. Infamous Second Son was a fine game, but it was a bad Infamous game. Yeah, Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Uh, Ollie Ollie. I don't like those games. Murdered Soul Suspect. That no, that's not. <laughs> that, all right, <laughs> so here's the thing: that's the little engine that could, and it still not great. It didn't. It's a little engine that could, but it didn't. <laughs> Oh come on! That game has some charm. It's okay, but it is. We are not having a. We're having a discussion about game of the year, and of which Murdered Soul Suspect doesn't even come fucking close. Yeah, no, it's not. This War of Mine. That's a good Oof, game. That's a rough game to play. Ho Hokum. Nah. Never, nah. never alone. Nah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. Disney Infinity 2.0. No, no. The Sims hey, that's, 4. Hold on, hold on. That's when they added Marvel characters. That's fine. I still thought it was not a great video game. It wasn't as good as Lady Dimensions. Uh, Lego Batman 3. That's a good Lego Batman game. Yeah, but it's like 4,000 of those. At that point, there and wasn't. Alien Isolation. Okay, yeah, there's a lot in there that's better than Shadow of Mordor, but... So, but somehow I didn't say we picked it. I said like the consensus around the gaming yeah, industry right. was I'm like not, that. Was... I'm not. In, 
I didn't say you picked it, Ken. I'm just saying you, you, that Brian was correct. There was better options that year for everyone to choose. I mean, to be fair, people hated Inquisition the year it came out, and now to this day, a lot of people still hate it, and I have yet to figure out why. I don't understand why either. I like that game. Yep. Me too. It was a different style of Dragon Age game. But all three of them are different They're styles are of different Dragon styles Age games. Of... Like nothing, the second one is nothing like the first one, and the third one's nothing like the first one or the second one. True story. So I don't know why people were shocked the third one was different. I mean, fuck's sake, the first one was basically KOTOR. And then the second one was basically some fucking arcade game with the same three levels. Okay. It was bad, Drew. It was Dragon Age 2 is not bad. bad. It's a you bad video game. Bad. I hate that as game. Someone, as someone who beat not only the game, but also both DLCs, that game is not bad. Oh, I've played I... through Dragon Age 2 three times in my life. Well, that's three times you wasted your time. I enjoyed that. You play Eternal game. Champions, shut your mouth, Ken. Yeah, you're damn right I do, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a good video game. You have <laughs> fought me on it multiple times. Just because shut it works you mouth. up. Because you're wrong. You're dumb. <laughs> Dragon Age 2 is a good game. It is a good game. It's <sighs> not as good as the first one. No. But it's good. The first one is still the best of that entire series. That's 100% a fact. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. I like the combat in 2 a lot better than 1. And 3, try, or Inquisition tried to, to combine Origins and 2 together but they threw it in the open world. I didn't like the open world aspect of that game. Yeah, it got kind of boring just, just having the one map. In the I was going to say, they yeah. only had one map, right? No, they had tons of maps. That's the thing. Maps. Yeah, Don't forget about huge. the desert. The desert was massive. That's a joke, Drew. Because nobody the, left uh, the hinterlands. Here's what... Uh, uh, I I hope the fourth one is a little more similar to the first one, at least in terms of story and characterization. Yeah. It's gonna the, be... first one really, the, the first one told a really cool story that was, I think, better, much better than the story in the two games that followed it. The, the thing that made Dragon Age so special to me, like seriously, Dragon Age is like one of my favorite series, is because when you played Origins... It felt like that was a video game based on like a series of books that had been established already. That world had already been so established and thought out that it, it felt like all the characters were, would say something. And it was like, yeah, because this is just common knowledge to us. And you would learn it just through conversations. And God, it was just handled so freaking well. Like Dragon yeah. Age Origins is one of the best games that's ever been made. To, to bring it back to uh, games we're actually playing currently, that's how I feel about Assassin's Creed Origins, is that all the conversations that are happening, they're not talking to me like... They're not talking to Bayek, the character I am playing, as if he doesn't know anything. It is a conversation that's happening, and I'm picking it up through just realistic conversation of, oh, that's what's happening. Or I'm reading documents, and I'm going, okay, so this is that trying to figure out the time frame because it doesn't obviously just say like this is the year this is what's happening i'm like slowly picking that up like i thought we like when i started i'm like oh so greece is just like taking over no 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 rome's about to take over that's okay greece is already here 
Like that's it's slowly unraveling like that and the way that people talk to each other I, I fill out more of the story that's going on currently. Um, I, I appreciate that type of storytelling more than just like in the year, blah, 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 this blah, blah, blah happened. Like, I prefer that with fantasy. I guess this is sort of like historical fantasy, historical science fiction. Um, but I much prefer that over um, just outright telling me like I'm an yeah. idiot and new to the world. Yeah. All right, anyway. Anthony, what else you got going on? Anything before we move on? <laughs> and, and that yeah. concludes our discussion on Game of the Year 2014. I'm glad we had this conversation today. It's um, not like we have anything else to talk about. Yeah, so, so um, I, yeah, just quickly, uh, everybody's been playing Wordle. Um, and of course, uh, uh, everybody's seen it. Um, I discovered Quirtle, where you're I've playing heard about that. Wordle before at a time. <laughs> Yeah, I heard about that. I Holy haven't checked shit. it out yet. But... <laughs> so fucking hard. I can get. Well, I don't even know word. what Wordle is. I exactly. muted it on Twitter because I got okay. tired of seeing the fucking blocks. Okay. So, so if you, well, that's the reason why you missed my lost joke, Ken. Yeah, I, my Twitter timeline was, is muted for Wordle. Fuck that thing. It was so good, and no one appreciated my joke about loss. Um, I recreated the comic loss with all the blocks from uh, with, Wordle. With Wordle blocks. Yes. Um, so, Wordle, do you know Mastermind? Do you know that game, Drew? No. Okay, so Mastermind, it was like, you had, like, um, it was a board game, and somebody would make, like, a pattern of, like, different colors. And essentially, um, the other player would try to guess what, what pattern of colors. So, it was four, like, pegs. And you had like five or six different colors. And as you got them in the right position, like if you got them right, but they were in the wrong position, you would get like, hey, so three of this one are right, but they're in the wrong spots. Or, right. and if you got one in the right position, you'd be like, okay, so you have two that are right in the wrong areas, and this one is in the right spot. So Wordle is a, a game where you have five, six chances to guess a five letter word and it does the same thing except they'll tell you which letters you have that are right but are in the wrong spot with a yellow mark and if you get them in the right spot it is a green mark. Okay. and again you have six chances every day is a different word that's the the most important thing about it is you can only play it once per day yes and everyone has the same word every day yeah. So it's a so collective can, thing. Yeah, it's like you 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 can compare yourself against other people who are trying to guess the same word as you. Okay. Yeah. So Wordle, yeah. you have you have four uh, different puzzles going on. Five letter words still. You have nine chances because you're obviously playing four games simultaneously. There's a puzzle per day option, and then there's a just play a puzzle option. So you can actually spend more time with Quartal if you wanted to, because it's very hard. And you are guessing each of the words simultaneously. So if you type in, like, uh, start, every puzzle has start entered into it. And then it'll tell you in each puzzle if what letters you have right in the right spot. So you're trying to figure out every puzzle simultaneously. So... I do it in a way where I'm like, I'm trying to solve one puzzle and then 
hopefully get more letters and then solve another one. I have done very poorly. I've only played it two days now, but like that's that's like a weird step I didn't expect from somebody, but uh I I think I much prefer Quartal just because I, I like it's super challenging rather than like Wordle's sometimes very hard. Wordle's a joke. Like I just feel very stupid playing it, but I enjoy myself more. Um, but yeah, again, like I'm spending most of my time with Assassin's Creed Origins, so <clears throat> I will uh, stop talking now, and so we can plow through everybody else's games in like 30 minutes. Okay. Oh, sorry, I muted the podcast. I heard Wordle. <laughs> All right, uh, Drew. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Drew didn't jump in with a uh, Master of Disguise fucking. Hey, that's on Wordle. HBO Max right now. I almost watched it last night. Oh God, why? Because fuck it, why not? I don't, you know. it's, it's a bad Max. movie. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I mean, people watch bad movies all the time. They're making a Shinmu anime. Come on, fuck it, I just had to get that jab in there. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, Anthony knows my most watched movie of all time is Master of Disguise. Be your master of disguise. Anna Carvey. Let's, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. It's like a train wreck I always have to watch whenever I see it. Hey, everybody on this show has questionable taste. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> hey, hold on. Ken, what's my questionable taste? Really? Yes. Really? Yes, I want to hear it. Come on. Master System? Do I have to hear about that again? It's only for Wonder Boy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Boy. You think I'm defending Alex Kid? No. <sighs> it's like one good Alex Kid game, and it's basically just a Shinobi clone. Drew, <laughs> video I, games. Video Aztec games. Adventure. Get, the whole system could get fucked. It just happened to be my first one. So, um, show's fucked up. Just go. Yeah, yeah, I'm screwed now. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, Dying Light Two. Oh yeah, I, I talked a little bit about it last week, but not as much as you've played it. So, mm-hmm. I'm about mm, three fourths of the way through that game. <clears throat> uh, I somehow got that far in just a week. Um. So are you three-fourths of the way through the 500 hours, or are you three-fourths of the way through the main story? I'm three-fourths of the way through the main story. There there may be 300 hours of that game. Only about 40 to 50 of it I actually care about. Because there's a lot in that game, and a lot of it is going to this building, and only at night... And uh, grab some resources. That's it. That is such a stupid mission type that I got really frustrated with early on. I don't care about grabbing resources in this game. So do you... Is it resources for yourself? There's resources to craft things. Usually. So the thing that you just do normally, that's a mission now. It's several well, it's missions. Not, <laughs> there's Yeah, it's activities is what they call them. They call them night activities. So... Obviously, there is a day and night cycle in this game, um, much like the first game. The difference is, and again, I, I listened to part of the show. I think you danced around it. We're, we're going to go ahead and just say it. 
because it's it's a mechanic in the game that I'm obviously going to have to talk about in my review. The person you're playing as, Aiden, is infected. Um, and the infection spreads if you're not in light, whether it be sunlight, any type of ultraviolet light. So if you at night, there's a bunch of UV lights that you can stand into and you're no longer, the infection is not spreading. So if you find yourself out in the middle of nowhere with no light source, you have a counter that is counting down. And if it reaches zero, you are dead. So you have to constantly move from light to light. Now, there are some items you can take. There's like the UV mushrooms that you can find that you can like. <laughs> you, you Basically, he, he takes them and squeezes them into his hand and then puts them in his face. I don't know. There's UV. There's UV mushrooms. There's also inhalers that you can do that 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 <clears throat> automatically restore your infection gauge. I mean, I don't understand why people make mechanics like this. It does not make the game more fun. No, it, the, the, it's a false sense of panic. Yeah, the the Far Cry That's Two exactly had that problem was. with the fucking malaria. The the thing is, is the malaria never really. I, you had to take a pill every once in a while. Yeah, but then, you know? like, why? Yeah, I play yeah. games to relax, not to stress out. So, yeah. Well, this I'm game's all about that. being stressed. And I think, they, I think they took that from the first game of, like, people talking about how awesome it was to run around at night. But, like, that was such a, like, small part of the overall experience. And in this game, they're like, let's push it up to fucking 12. Yeah. Not only are you now have a wanted level for zombies... At night. So if you get spotted by a zombie at night, it depends. Like, so you got your regular zombies, then you got the screamers. If a screamer sees you, you now have a wanted level. I'm just going to call it that. It's like a chase level, a chase meter. And it goes up to four. It's so stupid. And if you, like, once you get to like level two, you better find some freaking UV light or you're screwed. Ugh. I've never made it to level four, but I'm sure they're going to have the big hulking dudes chasing after you at that point. And they have like the zombies, like just running like across like the, the, the freaking tops of, of skyscrapers and shit after you. And I'm just like, you know, this is like, you, you want me to explore, but then you penalize me for exploring because, well, I got seen and now that now I just got a bunch of guys chasing me. So now I have to run away from what I was going to explore. If you can even explore well, because you haven't upgraded your parkour. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the problem. And this is another thing. So there's two factions in the game. There's the survivors, and there's the peacekeepers. Now, the peacekeepers are kind of like the militant force. Not necessarily the bad guys, but they do things in a way that makes them look chaotic evil kind of thing. While you have the survivors who are just like, you know, you know, trying to be peaceful with everybody and everybody's part of a community and that shit. So throughout the game, you're going to basically take over areas, whether it be like a electrical station or a windmill or something like that, that generates power or water or something for the community. And you can designate, I want to give this to either the peacekeepers or to the survivors. And when you do that, you unlock perks that happen in the world. Well, the peacekeepers are all about fighting. So they're all about... So basically, everything revolves around either combat or parkour, right? Mm -hmm. So even your skill points. Your skill points. 
is, you know, and the way they, the way they do the upgrade system in this is so freaking weird. So you have a skill tree for both parkour and combat. The more you do something like a proficiency, basically. So the more you jump over stuff and, and slide and, and all the kind of stuff with parkour, the more experience points you get for parkour. After you level up, you then get a skill point that you can then use to put into the skill tree. Certain sections of the skill tree is locked because you have to gain inhibitors. Inhibitors are these shots that you can take that that basically unlock more of the skill tree. You When you get an inhibitor, you have to have three inhibitors to basically level up your stat. You can use it to level up either your health, which then goes into your combat category, or your stamina, which goes into your parkour category. This game revolves more around parkour and escaping things than it does about fighting things. That's the reason why I feel like combat is absolutely useless in this game. I have put two points into combat. Everything else has been put into parkour because they push getting away from things. You're getting chased by a bunch of zombies. You're running out of light sources. You've got to get to someplace fast. You would be an idiot not to put them into parkour. But here's the other problem. The factions that you choose go one way or the other. So you get perks for giving certain factions certain things. So like if I unlocked an electrical place, I could give it to the peacekeepers. Well, the peacekeepers in turn will give me a combat perk. Like they'll they'll set cars that have alarms on them that you can trigger while you're running around and to blow up eventually. You know, it pulls guys to them, blows up, that kind of thing. Or they set up these like turrets that shoot like saw blades and stuff like that. I don't need that. But I, me personally as the player, decided to go with the peacekeepers. I want to side with the peacekeepers. But every time I side with the peacekeepers, I get no upgrades that I'm going to use. If I sided with the survivors, they would be putting up parkour stuff. Zip lines are now all across the area. Or now there's jump packs so like you can you can jump on like something and it springs you forward so you get better momentum it's all about do, moving throughout the city better those are the perks that i want but because me as a player decided i was going to go with the peacekeepers what's the point then <laughs> this game just sounds like a giant mess and, and from what i played of it which was not a small amount i was just like there's just there's too much shit going on here, and a lot of it feels arbitrary, um, which is kind of funny because I was playing another game that had kind of the same problem, but at least the story was excellent. So, story gets better. I will give it that. The story gets a little bit better as the game goes on. That's the problem with Dying Light 2. As the game goes on, everything gets better. But the first probably five to six hours of that game is a slog and a half. Now the question really is, is, is like the once you get through all that, like 
you know, they're claiming there's like 500 hours worth of content, like, but how much of it is even like interesting to do? It's just side quest. And and the thing is, the side quest in this game feel almost like Far Cry <clears throat> levels of comedic. Like doing that, like, you remember like in Far Cry 5, the testy festy? Yeah, you know, that, stupid that, shit. Those, those, those stupid shit stuff. I mean, that was like, there was like this woman, it was a survivor. It was, I got a side quest where this woman, she was singing on a rooftop. Oh I yeah, I talk, ran into her, yeah. I went and talked to her and she wanted her fur stole, her little mink stole because she was like, you know, like a, like a lounge singer from like the 1940s. And she says, well, I can't sing without my first stole. And I had to go chase down this first stole, which keeps getting blown in the wind. I'm just like, this is a lame-ass side quest. But, like, and what is the reward? Like, is it just XP most you of get the time? Some XP, you get some XP, you may get a blueprint. I mean, like, how much of that do you actually... That is... Not to jump ahead to what I'm talking I, about, but, like, that's well, a lot well, of my no, issue... The, go ahead. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'll, th- I'll throw this out there, too, because I'm almost done with Dying Light 2. When I say I don't care about the combat, it even goes to I don't care about what weapons I'm using. I don't care if it's a green or a blue or a purple or a legendary. It's like none of that really matters to me. As long as I've got something I can swing and hit somebody in the head with it, I don't care what it is. Because it's useless to me. Even if I've got like an, I got an electric, you know, shock thing on uh, mod on my my you know, hammer, right? Yeah. Big big whoop! I don't care. I'm doing. I feel like I'm doing the exact same thing. The 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 only things that are interesting about the combat is when you can combo off stuff. So like you know you do a perfect block, then you can jump over that guy, drop kick another guy, that kind of stuff. But it's situational stuff. If I'm fighting one dude one on one, the majority of that combat stuff makes no no difference whatsoever. Yeah. And and most of the boss fights are usually one on one with another dude. So all those perks I just put into my combat tree, it, okay, I can I can now slow down time a little bit whenever I do a perfect block or do a perfect dodge. I don't like I don't know I don't I don't really know how I feel about this game because honestly I have legit like every every day when I come home from work I boot up Dying Light I don't mind it I'm, I am basically mainlining the story on this one. And so far I've probably put 20 hours into this game and it feels fine. You know, there's some pretty decent moments, you know, I met, I met like, I'm not going to spoil it, but I met somebody who's famous in the game. And since then things have kind of progressively just like, yep, we're going to go, 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 go. You know, there's, there's times where you're getting chased and it feels really great whenever you're jumping through stuff and, you know, Swinging over ropes and stuff like that is tense. So there's there's good to be had in that game, but there's a lot of padding and there's also a lot of like I don't care about half of this. I feel like that's like a theme running lately. I was thinking about that the other night of like every game feels like it needs to give you all of these chores to do. And I'm just like, I, I I don't care about like 60% of the stuff you're asking me to do. And I, and I don't know why every game has to do this. Like, whatever just happened to, and not to strip everything down to its most basic premise, but like, whatever happened to levels 1 through 10, a couple bosses sprinkled in, let's go. Yeah. Like, why do I have to have 
400 side missions of some just arbitrary shit. Why do I have to have a skill tree that gives me basic core fun? That was my biggest problem with Dying Light, is like I feel that skill tree is like 10 useful things and 60 things that I should just have from the start of the game. You should have from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's so much of that in games lately. Like, again, not to jump ahead, Horizon skill tree in Forbidden West, there are six sections, each one with 29 skill points. Six different skill trees. Yeah. I'm just like, holy shit. And some of it is like, you add an extra move to your combo. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why? So I can be... Eight million places to go and six million uh, side quests is basically my genre, so you I'm the reason why. You're going to love Dying Light 2 and Horizon Forbidden West. Well, I ain't going to no. play Dying Light 2. Well, so. that's true. You're going to love Horizon Forbidden West because, like like I said, the story took me about 20 hours to get through, but there's probably another 25 to 40 hours worth of content in there. <laughs> and, like, I'm doing some of it, and, like, I'll get to the end of the mission. I'm like, what I get for that? I don't know, 500 XP. Yeah, dude, no. God. And I'm just like, dude, it took me there's, like 25 minutes to do that side quest, and I got 500 XP? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> it's so slow. Leveling up in, in Dying Light 2 is so freaking slow. <sighs> like, and, and the thing is, is like, it, I don't know. It's, it's so weird because, like, I don't know what actual level I am. You know what I mean? I don't think like, there don't, is like a level number, is there? Th- yeah, there is. There is. And I think I think mine says level three, and I'm like, what? I'm I'm three fourths of the way through this game, and I'm only level three. Oh. Like I don't know what I don't know what determines what my level is. In fact, I'm freaking curious, and I'm actually going to boot up this game while we're talking and look and see exactly what that means. But like you know, you're blocking me from from you know when I get inhibitors enough inhibitors to to either level up my health or my stamina. I'm always doing stamina because I want to be able to climb to whatever I want to. Yeah, your your parkour is extremely limited when you start that game. Well, you and I were talking about this, like in the tutorial, there were parts where I would fall because my yeah. stamina just drained like I was pouring out a 40 or something. Also, I am 20 hours into this game and I still can't climb everything. That's I'm insane just like, what, to me. What is going on? I'm like, you have to perf- perfect this. You have to, like, there's there's stuff in the story that I'm doing that I have to be absolutely timing perfectly in order to do it just because my stamina is about to run out. Don't give me a cool mechanic and then restrict it with like 40 hours of upgrades. That just drives yeah. me up a wall. No, no, I, <clears throat> I don't know. The progression in this game has been held back majorly. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like it was, it was fun experimenting with different weapons in dying light one, you know, in, in dying light one had some legit scary moments. This game is not scary at all. And my no. thing is, is in the, in the the problem is, is that I, I I would understand why in Dying Light One you were just some like spec ops dude who was flying over the the zombie infested city. He probably doesn't know how to do parkour correctly. You're playing as this Aiden dude who's been parkouring for fifteen friggin' years, <laughs> and he doesn't know how to do a long jump. He does not do the roll when you jump off a building. Yeah. He doesn't know how to, like, slide. I was going to say, he doesn't know how to fucking slide. You don't get slide for a long time in that game. I still haven't unlocked slide. Dude, like, what the fuck? 
I don't know. The, trying to make trying to pad games are one of the things that we got into in the 360 era that drove me up a wall, and I felt like we got away from it. But now I feel like it's coming back around again. Mm, it is. It, de- it definitely is. I don't know. This this game <clears throat> is is strange to me because the combat is never overly difficult. You know, it's it's uh, sure if you get like bombarded with like you know six guys, yeah, they're gonna like you know overwhelm you. But if it's like a one-on-one or, or one-on-two fight, just swing until you're done. You know, it, it's... Swing away, Meryl. Swing away. I just don't know what I'm doing in this game, other than going from story mission to story mission. I feel like that's a detriment of games that... And not to bag on what Ryan really enjoys, but like a game that just litters the screen with like 400 checkpoints and like there's a question mark here, there's a question mark two steps over here, and I'm just like, okay, that's a lot of content. Like, how much of it do I really, am I really interested in doing? Well, it's not even, it's not even just that. I mean, there's stuff that's always on the map, like the question marks, and you figure out what it is, and it's always oh, a nighttime activity or something like that. But there's also just random encounters in the game, too. Oh, I found, like, up. a couple, like, where you just sit down at a campfire and listen to a story. That's a marker on the map. Yeah, that's a marker on the map. And I'm just like... <laughs> Like, but there's, okay. there's things that are just like situational, like a dude's getting attacked by zombies. Go help him, you know. Yeah, like I the, ran the random the random encounters and, and that are you know just kind of scripted. AI but why scripted. put them on the map? Like just, just to let you know how you can do this. Yeah, but just to. let it be organic, and you just run into it. Like mm. when the, see, here's the difference: if you see a dude being attacked by zombies, and there's not like a marker on the map. It kind of gives you that sense of like this is my my altruism of going and helping this guy. It, it kind of makes it organic. But when you put it as a cursor on a map, it just feels like a fucking chore. I don't know. It's just maybe it's just as me. Much but... as I as much as I love the series and all the games it spawned and all the imitators it spawned, you have Assassin's Creed Two to blame for that. Yeah, and what what kills me is Assassin's Creed Two story is is elegant and fucking excellent. I mean, they had enough story that they turned it into three games. Yeah, and like, I'm all about the story in that game, but like everything else just drove me insane. Like, <clears throat> I just didn't need all of that stuff, and I felt like we got away from that. Like, Origins, I know Anthony's playing that. Like, that's not as littered as when you go back to like the, the, the chief problem Assassin's Creed game, which was fucking Unity. Holy shit, Unity. And that yeah. map. It's it's well, unbearable. I mean, the thing is, though, the nobody would have really cared. Well, I shouldn't say nobody would have cared. The map thing wouldn't have wouldn't have been as big a deal if the game didn't suck so much. There is that like, too. The, but the big problem that Unity had is that it had a million different things on the map, and everything sucked. Well, there is that. So too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the there's thing- a lot of stuff. There's um, you know, there's a lot of stuff on the map in like Assassin's Creed Two Brotherhood, but that game's awesome. So, I don't know. I I, I agree with you. It, the map stuff got out of control. Even Syndicate had a ton of stuff on the map. Yeah. But again, that game's excellent. So, um, I, f- I feel like we there the, there's these really awesome games that are just adding so much crap that's unnecessary. And and I feel like Dying Light is one of those. And I feel yeah, like Dying... Horizons, the New Horizon, is that like the New Horizon feels like there's six billion more things to do. But goddamn, the story's so good that if that's all you focus on, like it's it's like a ten out of ten. You know what I mean? But it's just I don't know. Dying Light Two 
feels like so when I played Skyrim for the first time, or even Oblivion for that matter, it was one of those games where I like, yeah, I could go do the story, but I'm gonna walk east for a little while. Dying Light Two feels like it should have that, but it's held back by all of those. Well, you know, there's a bunch of zombies running around. There's no, there's no ever, there, there's never a time where you just you can just stand there. You know. Yeah, and just kind of take in the world. Yeah. So there, and nothing is done organically. Like, oh, well, there's a building here, and there's, you know, I can, I can walk in here. No, it just pops up saying, oh, this is a night activity. You don't want to go in there right now. Yeah, it, it, not to harp back on, but Nintendo fucking nailed it with Breath of the Wild. Like that world is just open, and when you find something to do, it's not because there was something blaring on the map going, hey, y'all, come over here, check this thing out. It's like you saw it. You walked there. You discovered it. It was interesting. You didn't yeah. feel like you missed something because you didn't check off the 40 bullet point list of fucking nighttime activities to do. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I, the the most important thing to do, and I, I've learned this in the Assassin's Creed games, the most important thing to do in those games is figure out of the stuff on the map what's the stuff that you actually enjoy and clear those things if you want to. And the stuff that you don't care about, like for me in, in the Assassin's Creed games, it's the, and these started, I think in three, I think three was the first one that had these. They may have been in Revelation, but I don't remember in Revelation. The stupid things that blow away from you in the wind. Uh-huh. Um, they've been different things. They've been feathers or, you know, pages of stuff or whatever. But I can't stand those. Hate them. And so I just don't do them. Like, I find the stuff on the map that I enjoy doing, uh, and I clear those check marks. But I'm not the type of person that feels like, generally, I've got to um, completely clear everything, even if it's not stuff I don't like. I used to feel that way. Um, but anymore, I find the stuff on the map that... I actually enjoy and just clear those things. And if it's uh, if it's most of the map and there's only a couple things I don't like that I could clear quickly, okay, well then maybe I'll do those. But if there's a whole slew of junk that I don't care about, I'm just not going to do those. And they can just stay as uh, icons on the map. I really appreciate games that let you turn that stuff off individually. Like the, yeah. they, don't, they don't show on the map. So like when you go to the map, you can say, uh, like Forza does this. Weird thing for Forza to do really well, but you can literally go into the like different events that are available on the open world map, and you can turn off the ones you don't give a shit about. Like, let me do that. Horizon has races. Do I want to race in a Horizon game? No, I don't. Like, let me just turn that off. Like, I don't know. I feel like games are. Some of these games are getting way too big, and there's just. Too much padding that I don't need. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I am so f- fucking done with the cursor on the menu. <laughs> I, I fucking hate it. Yep. I hate it so much. Yep. Yeah, everybody hates that. I don't I don't know a single person who enjoys that form of menu. Fucking Destiny started that shit. Dying yep. Light 2 has it on the main menu. And it, it was Why, fun. though? Yeah. Why? Jesus. It's unnecessary. So... Yeah. You had right. mentioned, Ken, that you felt like games had started to do better about that, uh, having a, a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of stuff on the map and 
Um, then they got worse again. Um, they got worse again because <laughs> The Witcher 3 came out and all the shit to do in the map was awesome. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> and so all of the... Uh, all If you remember, back when that game came out, I'd say probably 80% of the positive press of that game was about the world and how all the side quests were well-written and all felt like they weren't a waste of time. And so people have been chasing that since 2015. 100%, but that's the thing is, like, even they chased it and even they failed at it. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, you, like lightning's the, only going to be one time, okay? <laughs> yeah, that, that was the... But that was the... Um, like, all of the stuff about that game um, if if you look back at the coverage at the time, the thing that blew everyone's mind, and I will say the reason probably that that game won as many Game of the Year awards and got as much positive praise as it did was the fact that all of the stuff to do was well-crafted and awesome. And so people didn't want to miss side quests because... They were all really good, and yeah. all really good was the the sort of general feeling at the time. In reality, it's probably more like seventy five percent of them were good. Sure, but that was still a better ratio than any other open world game. That's a better and ratio so, by like eighty percent, right? And so that reignited all of these open world games, saying, "Well." Now we don't have an excuse to put a whole bunch of shit there that nobody wants to do. Everybody's paying attention to side quests now, so we got to put all of our energy in side quests. <sighs> um, and so, not realizing the fact that The Witcher didn't get all that praise just because it had so many side quests, it got all that praise because the side quests were fucking awesome. Uh, and so they just started loading up the map again because. Well, now what people care about is all the stuff around the story. And that's only true if all the stuff around the story is excellent. Yeah, like there are certain games that can get away with it. The Witcher 3, you're right, is a very big one. Breath of the Wild got away with it because it's Nintendo quality. But yeah. when you've got these developers who are more akin to kind of making a streamlined experience and then you try to just fluff it up, it doesn't work. It becomes a detriment to an otherwise... Because I, I, I'm sure Drew will agree, if Dying Light was more streamlined, it, we would be talking about it like, hey, you need to play this game. Yeah. Whereas the way it is designed, the way that it is playing out, we're like, eh, maybe check it out on sale. You know? So, the, here, here's, here's a perfect example. I'm looking at this right now. Um, I'm, on the, I'm in the game. I'm currently player rank level two. What does that even mean? So it says, increase it by leveling up parkour and combat skills, right? Oh. So if, so if you look at that, parkour points, I've done one, two, three, four, five, six. I've, done, I've unlocked six skills in the parkour tree and five skills in the combat tree. Which, by the way, those trees are huge. They're like 20-some skills. Yeah, yeah. And so... And then on top of that, my base stats, I've leveled up my um, my stamina six times and my health one time. 
Also, that that menu is confusing as hell. Like the skills and the inventory menus, they're yeah. they're ridiculously like over complex. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what the hell the player rank does. It says I'm currently level two. I'm close to level three, and I am three fourths of the way through this game. <laughs> like I, I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, game designers, you need to tone down your your padding. Like it's it's getting a bit ridiculous. I know people are like, "Well, I spent seventy dollars on this game. I need six thousand hours of content." No, you don't. You just need twenty hours of good content. Yeah, <laughs> but but Ken, if we remove the padding, what do we have left? A good video that's game. The, that's the <laughs> that's the whole point of the game is to be padding. And I'm quoting someone. Who are you quoting? I'm paraphrasing someone. I should say. Because that was an argument used about difficulty. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. no, that no. If the game is it's all not, about padding, I don't want to. I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's. There are th- every game can be better in some way. You know what game was even, perfectly? Even you know what game perfectly walked this line recently was God of War twenty eighteen. Yeah, because it worked off of the Zelda formula. Exactly. There's a lot to that game, but none of it feels unnecessary. And that's that's the balance. And yeah, not every game is going to be that, but you don't have to go six thousand miles in the extreme, like which Dying Light Two definitely does. Like it goes way too far off into this. Other. And if you could max out that skill tree and just playing through this, the story, I would be totally okay with that because then you get all those skills that you want to make the game fun. But I feel like that five hundred hour thing that they tweeted about—that is how long it would take you to fill out that skill tree. I, I I completely agree with that because, like I said, I'm. How, how do you check to see how many hours you're in a game? Uh, for Xbox, you could check it on the dashboard. All right, let me see here. Game card. Yeah, you should be able to like go to activity and it should tell you how long you've played the game. Go to, like official club here. Yeah. Um, and then under the progress bar, there's an achievement section and a. Like stats section. Right. Stats. And it should tell you how long you've had the. It, it, it's not exact. It'll just tell you how long you've had it open. But okay, uh, thirteen hours and eight minutes. Yeah. So see, that's that's not an un. That's not a small amount. Like the story shouldn't take you more than fifteen to twenty hours straight through. I mean, from the way I'm looking, I, I did look at a fact just to see, like, like I, I'm on this story mission. How many more story missions do I have? I'm about two thirds the way through the game. So I'm assuming I've got probably another five to six hours. So yeah, about a twenty hour game. And you're not even going to halfway fill out the skill tree. No, not at all. No See, way. that's that's ridiculous to me. I I did the same in Horizon. I focused on one skill tree and I maxed out one. I still have five other skill trees that are just started, and I beat right. the game. I finished the story. I got a friend on my friends list who has put one day, one hour, and twenty one minutes in this game. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Yeah, and that's but what's funny is it's not even that much time, truthfully, in the in the grand scheme of things. No, it's twenty four, twenty five hours. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's not. Then go that's look probably at, when, when I beat the game. That's probably how much I'll have. Then go look at my Overwatch stats. I'm still, I'm still also going to attempt to beat the game. So, I am going to write my review because I feel like I've, ex, I've, I've experienced everything. Do you want? I do you want to know my Overwatch game. Xbox time played? Go for it. One hundred and twenty three days, twenty two hours, thirty two minutes. 
Yeah. That's the kind of thing that's normally preceded by, hi, my name's Ken and I have a problem. <laughs> I apologize. Anyway. anyway, we should probably move on. We're an hour and 20 into this. We've only been through two people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I play a lot of that. Um, I did. I did play probably about 20 minutes of Power Slave. I love Power Slave. I had never heard of this game. Oh my god, it makes me feel so weird that you never played this game. It was just no. Oh, probably still have it on DOS somewhere in a box somewhere. What What I love about this version is that they mixed the two versions, the PlayStation and the Saturn version, because they were very different um, as far as like structure goes. And they mixed both of them into this version to kind of make like a definitive version of the game. If you if you never played Power Slave, it is exactly what Anthony said. It is Egyptian Doom with Metroid Prime elements. It's such a cool game. Yeah, played it for a little while. Uh, and then I played some Yakuza 4, but uh, Matt was moving, so I decided to put that down because we weren't able to record. Mm. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I've been trying to knock out Dying Light 2 so I can get that review and I'm going to attempt to try and maybe write it tonight but it may be tomorrow just FYI <laughs> no that's fine we've got Horizon going up at god I hate scheduling things for 3 o'clock in the morning because god knows if it'll go live I sure yeah. shit ain't going to be up no, not either Yeah, fucking the embargo is 12.01 at um, Pacific time so I had to schedule for 3.01 my time and I'm like well I hope it goes live I ain't gonna be up. Yeah. Shit. All right. That's it for me, though. So we'll move on to the wombat. And I ain't played shit. Okay. I played Dragon Warrior Three, which I already talked a lot about last week, and nobody needs to hear me talk about it for another hour and a half this week when we've already spent as much time as we spent. <laughs> and I still got two big games. What are you talking hey, about? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So. You just go ahead. Okay. Well, I'll run through the quick stuff first to get it out of the way. Uh, I was going to talk about Stranger's Wrath, but Stranger's Wrath is awesome. You should play it. And by the way, we're going to run a contest. We're giving away five codes for that version, the HD version. So stay tuned for details nice. of that. Yeah, we got the, the PR guy was like, you want some codes to give away? I was like, hell yeah. Stranger's Wrath is like the best Oddworld game. Let's do it. So, yeah, we'll I'm be giving them. I'm about to... I'm about to submit like six different fake names to the contest. <laughs> uh, all right. Other indie games I played this week. Uh, even though Anthony told me not to play it, I played Scout Fold Shrouded Insanity. And I played for two minutes. I was like, this is a Souls fucking game. Fuck this game. <laughs> I played uh, Ammo Pigs Cocked and Loaded, which is. Yeah, you're a pig shooting a machine gun, and it plays really bad. Like it... You ever play a game where there are ladders in the game, and you can't push up to climb them? You have to kind of jump up them? Yeah, that's what this game is. The, uh, what, sorry, what's this game called again? Ammo Pigs Cocked and Loaded. Called, it should be called Ammo Roosters Cocked and Loaded. They should change the character name so you could have, at least have a pun in the fucking title. You're shooting roosters. Uh, maybe that's the pun then. It's bad though. Yeah. Uh El Gancho, uh you're a little dinosaur with a with a tether gun and you can tether it to things and swing back and forth and climb walls and collect things. It's a little awkward, but it was okay. 
Uh, Spirit Roots is a side-scrolling uh, platformer. It's kind of stiff. Uh, Kung Fu Kickball is exactly what it sounds like. You're, you're basically it feels like Yair Kung Fu, but you're kicking a soccer ball into a bell. Uh, That's Zig- bringing back Commodore 64 memories for me. Well, for Yair Kung Fu, or yeah, for sure. I love Yair Kung Fu. I used to play yeah, the shit out of that. Shit. I used to play the shit out of that up at the uh, the Blue Ball Cinemas. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Like they used to have a an actual arcade machine of Yair Kung Fu there, and I'd play it every time we go see a movie. I I had that on my Commodore 64 at my grandma's house, and. I think I've told the story before on the podcast that I always made my grandma turn it on for me because I was scared of the way it started, the little <laughs> noise that it made at the beginning. Yeah. They re-released it on PSN and Xbox Live Arcade back in the 360 generation. That was the last time they even put that game out. Love that game. Always had trouble making it past the third, the, the girl. Um, yeah. That girl was... The game's hard as shit. No shit, man. And there's only five, what, five bosses? Yeah, <laughs> I barely made it past the third one. Uh, Ziggurat Two is awesome. If you've played Ziggurat, you know exactly what it is. It's a first-person spell-casting game. It's very awesome. Um, so I would recommend checking that out if you dug the first one. Uh, Rise of the Third Power is a. Um, you would think it's one of the Chemco jams, but it's actually quality. So it's like one of those sprite-based 2D RPGs. Uh, we already talked about Power Slave. That game is rad. You should play that game. Uh, Edge of Eternity is that Final Fantasy style JRPG that just came out for console. It's been out for a while on PC. I've been playing a little bit of that. It's kind of rough around the edges, but I'm enjoying what I played of it so far. It's got kind of a like a hexagonal battlefield, but it's turn-based, like a Final Fantasy, and the and the um, the spots are just so you can move out of of range and get behind enemies and stuff. It's kind of a little bit of tacticalness to it, but it's it's pretty well done. I'm enjoying that so far. Taking me back to like PS2 era JRPGs. Uh, all right, I ran through that quick, so I'm gonna go to the the two. Oh, one last thing. I checked it. I picked up Retro Bowl Ryan on the Switch. Yes. And uh, how, how does it play on the Switch? It plays good. It takes you a minute to get used to it because basically what it is is like it's got all the front menu stuff where you can like draft people and hire and fire people and stuff like that. So that part is there, but the actual gameplay is like you press a button to start the play and then you can either tap one of the buttons to hand it off for a handoff play or you move the left stick in like almost like an arcing fashion to where you want to throw the ball and then you gotta gotta like like work out the momentum or the geometry of where the ball's gonna land to see if you should throw it there. Yeah, it's, it's similar to the way it plays on mobile, except on mobile, to pass, you're pulling back. It's almost like you're pulling your quarterback's arm back. I got you. Working out the arc that way. It kind of feels that way with the way you pull the arc, because you pull the arc, and then you press a button to kind of launch it, but it has like a pull to it a little bit. So Gotcha. But yeah, it, it works really well, and it totally gives me like Tech Mobile vibes, and I love that about it. And it's real deep, yeah, the, surprisingly yeah, I was say, deep. The management stuff's pretty deep. Yeah, I was kind of shocked at like how deep you can get into like um, hiring offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and answering questions at like press conferences and stuff. Yeah, and you've got to you got to manage morale. Um, yeah, and so like you can you can increase the frequency of practices so that your players level up. 
Um, but if you do that, you'll hurt their morale. And um, like you've got to manage uh, payroll, obviously, and free agency and um, all that sort of stuff. It's really it's really a lot of fun. I, I love it on mobile, so I'm glad to hear that the Switch version is at least competent. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it's 5 bucks, so don't hesitate. If you enjoy stuff like Tecmo Bowl or you enjoy football management, like that game is totally worth 5 bucks. All right, uh, embargo dropping hot. Uh, I don't have my review written yet, but I've been playing King of Fighters 15 for Xbox Series X. Uh, I've been playing it for about a week and a half. And I'm of two minds of this game. The first mind is if you're looking to play competitive online, you should buy this game. It has 39 characters out of the box, uh, which is, I think, 13 different teams. As If you've ever played a KOF game, they're always broken up into teams. So you've got 13 teams of three characters, each one themed. Like, of course, you've got the Akari team and the Iori team, and you've got the, uh, the Heroines team. Um... If you're looking to play online, this game is incredible. It's got rollback net code. It's got this new thing called, um, uh, what is it? It's like a point system. So if you disconnect, like you start with a score of 100. And if you are, are quitting, like rage quitting during a ranked match, it'll drop that score. And the more it drops, like it shows up on the screen, like this person has this disconnect score. Uh, and eventually you'll get penalized for where you're not allowed to play. But then, you know, the more ranked matches you play then your score goes up. Um, the fights online felt good. Like, the, the rollback code is, is really well implemented. Um, I love the selection of characters. I feel like this is... So if you played 14, it's fairly similar to that style, except they've really kind of upgraded uh, the engine. So it's a lot more colorful. The characters are a lot more animated. <clears throat> um, and it's, it's 39 characters. And then they're going to add, I think... 12 more over the seasons for the first year. So you're looking at, you know, 51 characters at some point. Um, and there's really kind of a, like every one of them feels unique, which I think is my favorite thing about KOF. Like the characters are outlandish and goofy, but at the same time, they all play differently. Um, it still has the auto combo uh, for simple combos. Um, but no, it's just, it's just a really good fighting game. My two minds of it is that if you're looking to play this solo, it's got a story mode, which you can play with each team, and each team has their own ending, but it uses a lot of recycled video footage, so a lot of it is the same. You'll just get kind of these static cutscenes with, like, not even voiced dialogue for the specific teams. I felt like there was more in KOF 14, even though it was kind of limited in the single player, and 15 feels even more limited than 14. So if you're looking for, you know, like, Mortal Kombat uh, levels of single player content, it's just not here. So unless you really, really, really love KOF and you just want to play through the story modes, um, or if you want to play online, it's totally worth pickup. But if you're just looking for, like, abundance of single player content, it ain't here. How's the um, tutorial and like the the combo, um, you know, trials? The, tu- the tutorial is good. The combo to the uh, missions is what they call them. They have one for each character. Um, mm. They are hard. Of course they are. <laughs> like the fourth one has already got you doing like five to six button input combos, 
and each one is like 20 missions long for each character. So if the fourth one is that hard already, unless you're really going to sit down and play it, you probably ain't going to get through many of those mission modes. But no, I, I'm having a ball with it. It's, you know, the music's great, the characters are great, uh, they've got some really good stages in this version, um, and I've really enjoyed it. The bosses are a little underwhelming. KOF usually has, like, a pretty interesting boss. This one's kind of blah. So He's Howard in it. Oh, have I played that team yet? I think he might be DLC. Okay. I can't remember. Like, I'm going through the story mode with each team, and I think I've made it through five so far. So Is Rock in it? Rock. Howard. No, I'm trying to think if he is. I don't remember. Mm. I think he is. Who's your go-to? What I've played so far, I like the the new team. Um, oh shit, what they called? Hold on, I gotta pull up the team. There's a new character. I think they're one's named Vanessa, and they're like the main team. Uh, hold on, pulling up the name. No, Dolores. Dolores's team. That's been the funnest team collaboration I've played with so far. Gotcha. Uh, which is uh, Isla, Dolores, and Cronin McDougal. Cronin McDougal. <laughs> Cronin McDougal. Gotcha. So she's got like this like blob that she puts out on the screen and like encases people in like rock. I don't know if you remember the last game, the sand guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're related. Gotcha. So, she's super interesting. And of course, it's always fun to play as the King of the Dinosaurs, right? How do you not love sure. the King of the Dinosaurs? Anyway. I, 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 dude, I, I don't even know where to start with King of Fighters. That's the problem. It's like, I, I really want to try that game. It's super fun. I, I haven't played a fighting game in years since Street Fighter V. Street Fighter V left such a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, like, K- KOF is great. Yeah, but the problem is, is like I know if I go online, I'm just gonna get murdered. Oh yeah, if you're not gonna play online, don't buy this game because the single yeah. player is okay. You'll you'll get about two hours out of the single player total. Yeah. So. I just I, like I feel like I was gonna get murdered online. Like I I was always able to hold my own on Street Fighter. You know and that's why I loved it so much. But the thing about KOF is like it's a very niche audience. So the yeah. people who play it are really good really at it. Really good. Really good. <laughs> oh yeah. Like I can't do so many. So they've got the, the cancels are actually pretty simple. So like if you're blocking, you just tap a heavy a heavy punch and a heavy kick, and if you time it right, it kind of like blocks out. There's also a block meter. So like if somebody's just turtling, you can break the block meter. Yeah. Which is nice. And then like I said, the auto combos are there, and auto combos will combo into a super, super if you yeah. if you have a meter. So I mean, it's once I got into it and I learned how, kind of like when you play a fighting game, you learn what the motions are, and once you learn those, it's pretty easy to pick up. But yeah, I get slaughtered online. So I wish I could find that that spark again for a fighting game, but I just dude, I think we're too yeah. old. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I just think we're too old to for like the response time and the dedication time. You just don't have it. Yeah, that's true. That's why I gravitate toward RPGs. You know, single player, I can take my time with them. You that's know. that's why I really want fighting games to have single player content because I suck at them to play against other people, so that's not there anymore. Yeah. 
But no, K, uh, people are going to love KOF 15. And it's really nice to see it come back to multiple systems because it was so frustrating that the last one was only on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, I don't think this one's on Switch, but I would really like to see it come to Switch. I mean, granted, it'd have to be toned down a little bit, but I think it would make a great Switch game. I just want more more games on more places, truthfully. All right, so I've been dancing around it. Horizon Forbidden West, I've played through it, I've beat it, I've done a bunch of the side stuff. I don't even know where to start, so if anybody has questions, I know you all love Horizon. What do you want to know? I'm not the biggest fan of Horizon. So, You know what? I was actually with you on the first game. Like, I like it, but I think it's been my least favorite like first-party Sony game of the big ones. Like, I like God of War better. I like Spider-Man better. Game that they that they brought out. In the um, first. Okay, so my question. Yes. Is, I guess I'm just gonna say it just in case. Uh, spoiler warning. Suppose. Um, more spoiler about the first game. for what? This game or the first game? Uh, first game. I'm not gonna okay. say anything, Wombat. So don't worry about that part. Okay. So, what I liked about the first game the most was the consistent. Travels into. I mean, fuck. I'm, I really realize I'm, I'm really just shoehorning myself into a, a, a type of story because Assassin's Creed Origins is like that. But the futuristic past elements were far more interesting than the, I guess in in Horizon, the modern day sort of medieval stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Right. So the balance of it in in the first game, I felt, was like a. 60% on the modern day stuff, 40% on the sort of like like traveling through the old bunkers and everything. How's the balance in this game for that? Is it focusing more on the modern day people or the past? I think my brain went backwards because when you say the modern day people, I'm thinking yeah. of like the more modern people. Okay, so so so, so let me rephrase that then. Um are they focusing on the tribal people or the yeah, people in the past? It's probably it's probably right. skewed the other way this time. It's about sixty more of the people from the past, forty oh. current people. Because that was so. So when we played it for Phoenix Down, honestly, I, I could not really give a shit about the problems of like the different tribes and shit. I, I really tried. I'm like, no, the far more fascinating aspect is is discovering like what happened, the mystery in the past, like how did this come to be and Well they had um, to they had to you know, not to spoil the first game too much, which if you have not played it, go play it because it's go play it. It's totally it worth is a playing. Good game, yeah. Um, game of the year for the year it came out. That first game walked that line that way because they were kind of hiding the big stuff until you got, you know, yep. the big reveal. Right. In this one you just you know it. Right. So, like, so, that conversation is happening right off the bat. Like, Aloy and Silence and all those conversations are coming right back in. Okay, because the, cause the, the thing was, and they're hiding it sort of still, right? Even in the trailers I've seen, it's, like, focusing more on the modern-day stuff of, like, hunting the robots and stuff. And it's, like, that's all fine and dandy, but, like, when no. I was, like, oh, my God, like, story-wise, it was... 
watching holograms and stuff. I think they're doing that for people who haven't played the first game because this game is not shy about any of it. It is in your face from the minute you start. And so without spoiling what happens, kind of the structure of this game is, is you get in, you pick back up where you were, you kind of get comfortable with what's going on again. And then you get to this kind of point where it's like, okay, here's your, here's your base of operations where you're going to work from here are the things you need to go do, and all of it pertains to the story that you uncovered at the end of the first game. And you're going you. to learn I'm... about those people. That is why, like, I was worried partially that they would end up focusing more on the aftermath rather than uncovering what happened. No, no, no. The you totally was more interesting to me than anything that was going on. I don't give a shit about two people fighting. I really don't. Like, <laughs> the past stuff, like, how did we get here was more compelling and going through these giant bunkers, like, where they're building robots and shit. I'm like, that. Oh, you're going to get a lot of that. Sold. Done. Yeah. That's my, that was my question answered. Yeah. You're, you're going to get a whole lot of story and a whole lot of explanation of the things that came to bring you to the, the, the climax of the first game, you're going to get deeper explanation of what happened and who those people were and all of that stuff. And once again, there is just an umpteenth amount of audio logs and holograms and... um, I mean, it's not a spoiler to tell you that you are leaving the area that you were in in the first game. Right. Yeah, it's the whole point of the game. That's the whole point of the game. So you're going to go to places. Yeah, you're going to go to places you've never been. You're going to see things that, and and to kind of tie, I said this in my review, to kind of tie it into the Death Stranding problem. When you're traveling between two named locations and it takes you like five minutes, that kind of takes a little bit out of the the world because the world is great. I love the world in this game. It has. Such diversity. You'll go to areas... Like, we've got the underwater stuff now. So you'll go to areas where you can swim down into these underwater worlds, which is super cool. Um, You'll go to barren deserts. You'll go to lush jungles. You'll go to, you know, like, snowy peaks. Like, all of that stuff is in this game. But when I traveled from one named major city to another named major city in, like, ten minutes, that are literally hundreds of miles apart, (laughs) that's a little, like, taking you out of it. A little bit. So. Um, so I've got a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. The reason why I wasn't too big on Horizon was the fact that primarily I was fighting monsters with a ranged weapon mm-hmm. when the monsters all just bum-rushed me. And trying to fight something that's in your face with a ranged weapon is not the most fun time in the world. Do we have an option to not use a bow and arrow? It's this, it's you pretty much... That, you had that option in the first game. Yeah, you have the spear, which you do have in this one as well. Yeah, but I mean, that spear was not the greatest thing in the world. It still isn't. I'm going to be honest with you. It's better, but it still isn't. You do have some other ranged weapons that I'm not going to go too deep into. Um, but it is, the combat is fairly similar to the first game, to where you have your melee combat, you have your bow and arrow, you have your different types of bows and arrows, you have your traps, 
uh, and the game is really kind of on the on the normal to above difficulties. It's expecting you to kind of go in, survey the area, follow the patterns of the monsters, use your traps. Um, but if you just want to fucking beat them in the face, if you don't care about difficulty, they've got a new like easy and casual difficulty where you can literally just walk up in their face and smack them. Um, so if that's, you know, if you don't like the combat, you can literally tone it down. Okay. And, and what I really like about this game is that the accessibility lets you tone it individually. So you can tone how much damage the enemies do to you or how much damage you do to the enemies. So it's, it's really customizable if you're just like, I don't want to deal with setting traps and trying to sneak up on animals. You can turn that part off pretty much. Like, I tested it out, and literally I walked up to a Thunderjaw and just was smacking him in the face, and he couldn't kill me. You know, if you want to do that, you can do that. That's entirely up to you. Uh, you will get, like, these uh, Metroid-style um, equipment that will allow you to unlock different areas in the map. None of them are super inspired. Like, one of them lights something on fire and blows a hole open. You do have the grapple shot. Uh, which it's not as cool as it should be. You should be able to like grab anything, but it's mostly specific areas. You can grab items and pull them. Um, but I think my biggest issue with this game was that like when I played through it, it was really buggy. Um, you know, characters disappearing in cutscenes, lip syncing being off. Um, go to a new area and like big chunks of the environment are just missing. Characters like slipping through the environment. Um, I will say there was a huge patch that launched a couple days ago, and it I, I went back to just about every area, and almost all of those issues have been fixed. So that was really kind of what I was waiting on. And to kind of tie into our Dying Light conversation, there is just way too much shit in this game. Like, when you walk out into the world, there is just an icon every two inches, whether it's trees to pick up, or rocks, or broken machines and, and it almost feels like the economy of crafting materials is so abundant that I feel like I, I don't need to pick up when I go into an area and there's like 40 things to pick up I feel like I need one of them like the colored loot doesn't really matter to me because I feel like I already have it like it's just such a weird like almost overabundance of things to see and do um that I feel like it just needed to be streamlined. In the same way with the quest, like the main story quest is fucking excellent. Like everything you do in that is, is interesting and it gives you that story that you want. But then like you go to do a side quest and I'll just give you one example that I had. I found this collectible, which was like an ornament and it said, okay, we'll go find the origins of this ornament. I had to travel to four different locations before I finally finished that quest, and all it gave me was, like, here's a bump in some XP. And I spent, like, 30 minutes doing this one side quest for very little gain, and to be honest, the, the origin of the ornament wasn't really that interesting. It feels like something I could have picked up in, like, a, a like an audio log or something. And I feel like there's a lot of that in the side quest. Thankfully, the main quest is really well done, but I feel like that team just went 360... Let's pump this, you know, this game up to a hundred hours and just throw a bunch of this side stuff in here that I don't necessarily feel is imperative to enjoy the game. So, um, I don't want to ramble how on. Are too the, how are the new uh, robots? 
Oh, they're cool. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into spoilers, but you can mount a lot of new creatures in this game. Yeah. Like, there's a whole system of, of learning how to mount certain creatures, and there's one towards the end of the game that completely changes the game. And that's all I will say. How is fighting against the big snake, which is the, the <laughs> one that I'm most curious about? Uncomfortable for me, because I don't like snakes. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's very hard, because that thing moves around constantly, and it'll poison you, and, like, its its weak spots are underneath it, and a lot of times it'll wrap around objects in the environment, and you can't hit those spots. Um... But yeah, you fight it more than once. One of them more than once. At least I did. And I was not comfortable. Those are the most stressful fights I had in the game. And I took down a Thunderjaw. Oh, also, if you're uncomfortable with swimming with very large creatures underwater, you're going to get some anxiety in this game. I I know I did. Yeah, like I'm the guy that's uncomfortable in Far Cry when I'm swimming with a shark. You know... That shit can fuck right off. That's all I'm gonna say. There's a whole level based on that, Anthony, so oh, look forward to it. Great! <laughs> my favorite thing is stuff under the water. I will tell you that that was Ooh. one of my favorite levels, though. Like, once I got it, nope. it was so good. That's the reason why, like, I'll never return to inside. Oh, God. Those things I'm, swimming no. in the water freaked me out. Ah, man. fucking just... It, a lot of no. A lot of... And then... So, so here's the, here's the thing. Um, I'm, I'm bothered by the fact by this. Like, I'm actually like kind of like moving back and forth. Um, uh, okay. So there's like two um fears that that involves. Um, it, it's the fear of deep water. Cool. I mean, that kind of involves anything that's in the water. Um, and then there's a fear of machinery in water. So, oh, good. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna be excited. Two things. You're gonna be excited for this stuff. Let me tell oh, you. Fucking god damn it! All right. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Um, new releases for the week. Oh god, I forgot to talk about Infernax. That's out this week. Um, y'all like Castlevania? I do. Y'all like uh, Legend of Zelda Two? I do actually. Then y'all need to play Infernax. Interesting. What's it's, it on? It's on everything. Um, okay. It's really fucking good. And it has a Contra code. It literally will turn it into a Contra game. Which is hilarious. Because it's not a shooter. It's like a melee-focused game. But um, it's also very gory, uh, even though it's pixel art. But if you like Castlevania and you like Adventures of Link, you should play Infernax. That's out this week. Infernax. Yeah, made by the arcade crew. Very cool game. Excellent music. It looks cool. Yeah, it's very good. Very, very good. Uh, King of Fighters. Oh, it's actually made by... I looked it up. Uh, it's made by Ber- uh, Berserk Studio, and they made Just Shapes and Beats. Okay, so the arcade crew, I guess, is publishing it then. Yeah. Okay, that's the logo that pops up when you first boot it up. That's why I thought it's... It's a, good, it's a good sign that I have to put in my date of birth to be able to look at it on the Nintendo Switch. It's, it is definitely gory, even though it is pixel art. Uh, King King of Fighters oh, fifteen twenty twenty bucks, man. It's worth it. It's worth twenty bucks. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. It's really good. Uh, King of Fighters fifteen, Bassmaster Fishing twenty twenty two, Dynasty Warriors nine Empires, and Super Toy Cars Off Road. 
Yeah, I know Bassmasters. Bassmasters. <laughs> every time I hear so- something that has to do with Bassmasters, I always go back to Ghostbusters too. Oh, all right. It's Peter Vankerman. I know. He's like, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, what's your other favorite show? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know Bassmasters. <laughs> uh, this is all PS5 Series X, by the way. Uh, Heart of the Woods and Horizon Forbidden West. Which, by the way, if you're buying Horizon Forbidden West, don't forget to buy the PS4 version digitally. Get that free upgrade. There you go. Uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4. Uh, a lot of the same games. Uh, Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden. Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. is finally out this week. Oh, wait, no, sorry, that's next week. My bad. That's all for this week for PlayStation 4, Xbox, all the same stuff, except for Choice of Life, Middle Ages, and From Heaven to Earth. To Earth. Earth. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Nintendo Switch. We've got a lot of the same stuff still, but also River City Girls Zero is dropping on Switch first. That's out this week. Yeah, it's a game that's like 20 years old, but translated for the first time officially. Uh, Smash Star, Beat Souls, Tax Fugitive, uh, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, Big Chick, Dougie, Fluffy Cubed, Going Under, Light Up the Room, Mr. Maker 3D Level Editor, Red Colony 3, The Table Game, Up uh, Upawan, A Snake's Journey, uh, The Astroneer, Gym Wizard Tactics, Gravity Runner, Mages and Treasures, Rover Mechanic Simulator, and Top Tabletop Racing World Tour Nitro Edition, Code in a Box Edition. That's a mouthful. Alright, that's everything that's out this week. Alright, I think I caught a little bit of that when I came back. Do it. Do it. Do it. Alright, I've got a laundry list of news. Thankfully, a lot of these are quick hits, because we had that Nintendo Direct, so... Uh, we'll just we'll just start going through those. Portal one and two coming to Switch. Cool. Five people can play that on the go. I mean, it's been out there for a as long. if as if Steam isn't launching a version uh, or a, a system that you can play it on the go and very I hear you. Time. Um, sorry. A uh, No Man's Sky is <laughs> coming to Switch. Yeah, that I think actually is a a cool game to come to switch i wonder how that's gonna run <laughs> i don't know i, I feel the same way but I, I think fine by now they really optimized that game and like it's not graphically intense well and i have a feeling that the colors in that game are gonna really pop on the switch oled colors yeah colors colors sorry i channeled iced tea there for a minute i was getting a little crazy uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes is a new Musou game. So there's more Fire Emblem, more Musou. I didn't even know this was a thing. Alright. Yep. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League has been announced. So, My friend is very excited about that. Hey, Mario Strikers is, is a fun game. Uh, Klonoa Collection. This was my fuck yeah, yeah moment. Yes! 
Plaza. I screamed on Twitch. I'm like, fucking Klonoa. I'm, Never I'm, played s- oh! oh my God. They're so good. They're puzzle platformers. Yep. And it's coming to everything. So it's not just Switch. Um, but it's uh, um, but... Klonoa 1 and Klonoa 2, Door to Phantom Klonoa. Mile and Lunatiz Veil. Yeah. Um, un- unfortunately, like, I really wish they would do, like, we wish the collection included the Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. Because it... they're really good, too. Because they're the exact same sort of game, it just doesn't have the 3D elements. It also looks like they've been, uh, kind of cleaned up. Like, they're widescreen and everything. Um, I'm not surprised. It's all polygonal. Like, it would be, like, you just have to... Like, that's how those games look if you run them on emulation because they don't have to come out of a PS2 or a Wii. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm excited for that. I can't wait for that collection. Um, Here was a weird one. The Force Unleashed is coming to the Switch, but... It's the Wii version. It's the Wii version. It looks like garbage. It did look kind of like... It's the Wii version. Yeah, Drew. like, I don't, I don't know if you've booted those up on, like, Xbox Series X with, like, the big patch... Yeah, my son was just playing it the other day, not on Series X, but on. But I mean, Xbox it looks good on Xbox because they cleaned it up. And like, I'm watching footage of the Force Unleashed on that direct, and I was like, "Wow, this looks worse than it does on an old system." <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know what's different about the Wii version. It has a like, versus I know, there, mode. I know there's difference. There's a versus. Yeah, mode. yeah, I know, I know that, but like. In comparison, um, the Ghostbusters game is very different. So I, I don't know how, on like a level design, di- like is this worthwhile if you're a really big fan of Force Unleashed? If there are people out there that are really big fans of Force I, Unleashed, I am a big fan of both of those games. So, but, I loved them both. But I'm, I'm curious to know if there is a, a, a like a bigger difference than just graphics. It is odd, yeah, that this version's being ported, um, but. Like in a weird way, I hope it kind of opens the door to seeing some ports of some of the titles from the Wii that like had a very different version. Ghostbusters being uh, the big one. Well, I think this is this is Aspire, right? Who are the guys who ported all those other Star Wars games to the Switch, like Kotor and um, Jedi Knight and Jedi Academy. And episode one racer, so it feels like they have like a an in with Star Wars people. I don't know. Uh Disney Speedstorm was announced. It's a free to play racing game coming this summer to everything. It was exciting until it said free to play, and I went, Nope. Yeah. I'm not too big on free to play games anymore. And I'm not even trying to be like whiny about it it's just like i'd rather you just take my money and allow me to disengage when i want rather than having to grind something out and that's exactly what this is going to do because it's a fucking free-to-play game uh front mission remake uh is coming to switch and they also announced front mission 2 remake is coming at a la- excuse me at a later date but the first one will be out this year which is a weird remake those were interesting games i'm 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 liking the fact that, like, Square is putting in work to get games out again. Uh, speaking of Square, Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition is coming. Uh, it's also coming to everything. It was weird to see a Chrono Cross game on an Xbox. So, it's weird because 
I remember when this was announced, people were like, they're remaking it. They're upscaling it like they did with Final Fantasy VIII, but I wouldn't call the Final Fantasy VIII release a remake. Um, I mean, people I like to believe... those words. Yeah, yeah I, what I can't believe, though, is they're including Radical Dreamers. Which is a text-based game. That tells... Yeah, it was a text-based game. I want to say it was, like, download-only Satellaview for Super Nintendo, and it was a sequel to Chrono Trigger that is the same story as Chrono Cross, but because it's text-based, there are some differences... And, like, that's how you fucking make a full package. The only thing that's disappointing is that they're not releasing Chrono Trigger in the same package. Yeah, I still don't know why Chrono Trigger's not making an appearance somewhere at this point. I I have to assume there's some rights elements to Toriyama's art with that particular release. I don't know. It's weird that that game is not available anywhere. The last release was DS. Yeah, that's been a long time ago. Yeah, and that DS copy now goes for, like, $200. Uh, Speaking of old games coming to the Switch. We've got Earthbound coming to Switch Online, both the NES and the Super NES version. Y'all can be quiet now. So for after seven months of no releases for Super Nintendo or Nintendo, we get one. <laughs> Wait a minute now. So, not to be actually, okay. isn't it Mother 1 and Mother 2? I don't know. And they all, okay, so... <laughs> oh, here we go. Out. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna get his voice ready for this actually Every part. Every minute is going to be actually. <laughs> actually! Uh, they are, if you want to get specific, they were both Earthbound in America. Hmm. The original translation was going to be put out as Earthbound on NES, and that was canceled, so they called the Super Nintendo Mother 2 Earthbound, so when they went to release the original NES version on Wii U, they called it Earthbound Beginnings. Right. Okay. But you they're, actually but they're two did. different games. Oh, the uh, nerve dripping off this podcast right now. <laughs> yes and no. It's really, so like that's that's a really weird series because like the first two games are like way too similar. There's slight deviations, but like if you look at the char- character, Ninten is the character for like Earthbound Beginnings and Ness is the character for Earthbound. You fight Gygus at the end of both of them? You fight Gygus at the end of both of them. Okay, and he's a big fetus. But it's different. No, that's only Earthbound. So it's a sequel, but it's also a remake. Okay. Hey, they're both available to play if you have a Switch Online. Mother Beginnings, Earthbound Beginnings is really rough and I would just not suggest, I would suggest not playing it and just watching it online because it's like grind heavy as hell. Or... Find a find a problem of it and uh, put in like the easy experience hack. That game was like way too long. What about Mother Three? That coming? Mother Three needs to come out. That is one of the most depressing things I've ever seen in my life. That uh, uh, that story. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles Three was announced. They're a machine. That studio. They are. Uh, I wish I liked those games. Because what it was, those games are really worked, good, dude. They, they put out Xenoblade Chronicles, then they remastered it, remastered it, sort of. They put a 3DS version out, and then they were helping with Breath of the Wild, and then they had Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and then the DLC, and then they remade Xenoblade Chronicles for the, the Switch, and now they're on three, and they're probably helping with the new Zelda game as well. 
Yeah, I tried Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I got about 10 hours into it and got lost and gave up. So, um... Somebody... Drew, maybe you're the best person for this. Explain Xenoblade Chronicles to me. Like, what kind of game is it? What kind of stuff do you do? What Just kind of give me the, the once-over, if you would, because... Everybody keeps talking about these games so much that it makes me want to play them, but I literally have no idea what they're like. All right. Have you ever played Final Fantasy 11? No. You mean 12? 12. Excuse me. 12. No. Not 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 the online one. Okay. No. So they are... They are turn-based. So they're, they're semi-turn-based, semi-not-turn-based because everything's active. So you, it's almost like a MMO style combat system where you can move around the battlefield. You can position yourself, but you still have to wait, but you still have to wait for your, your, your time in battle. So it's like an active time battle system. Similar, I Uh, guess, to Dragon Age or Dragon Quest 11. I've never played Dragon Quest 11. Yeah. I've played that and it's similar. Okay. No, because Dragon Quest. It's turn based, but you can run around and like yeah, you can, but, but but like it doesn't. They'll hit you no matter what. Like the, you doing stuff oh, in the yeah. circle doesn't. In this act, you you move out of the way and stuff. Yeah, I you can you. get out of the way of attacks. And you know, obviously, if you get behind an enemy, you can do backstabs that do more damage, that kind of thing. But it's still an active battle system. Um, and there are special abilities that you can put down at the bottom, almost like hotkeys. Mm-hmm. It's very MMO style. It's very MMO style. Um, Interesting. Very combo heavy. So <laughs> like your your teammates can attack, and if you do this type of attack at the same time that they're doing one, you do like a combo. You also get um, <laughs> kind of a, <laughs> a fan fan service girlfriend in the second one. She oh, runs nice. around with you. Uh, is it? So I'm assuming they're super long. Yes. Yes. And they're very British. <laughs> Interesting. Was okay. the the main character's accent is so bad in the second game? Except so for Xeno, Xenoblade Chronicles X, you were actually Americans. Yeah, I, I guess I, I only played two, so because you you established New Los Angeles. <laughs> it literally was part, called New LA. The crazy part with those games to me is like. The lore. I want to. I want to. I want to play those games just because of the lore. Because whether you're on the back uh, in the first game, you're on the back of like giants that fought at one point. Yeah, um, they're like gods. Which he's at the beginning awesome. of the grandpa's at the beginning of two, right? Like, aren't you flying on his two. back in the second one? Like at the beginning, I thought you were. Because in the second one, you're like a deep sea garbage person. Like you dig deep sea garbage up. Interesting. It's a weird game. Uh, uh, that's, yeah, they're weird games. They're, people love them, though. I just could never get into them. And Nintendo almost didn't publish it here. Yeah. What a weird thing that it's one of their like key franchises now. Yeah, you never know. I uh, still think Xenoblade Chronicles X is one of the best ones out of them. So it what's one... it, is that a remake of the first game? What? Xenoblade? Xenoblade Chronicles X? No, Xenoblade Chronicles X is a separate game. It okay. doesn't take it, it 
it takes quote unquote takes place in the same universe, but it has nothing to do with the other Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles X is about us on planet Earth having to leave planet Earth to establish a new Earth, and we get separated, crash land on this planet. We set up a city. We're part of the American fleet, so we set up New LA. So we start a city on this planet. We're trying to explore the planet, and you're also trying to find other parts of the ship where other people are. So if you want to understand what's happening, you have to play Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, soon to be Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Xenoblade Chronicles X? No, Xenoblade Chronicles X is a completely separate you can okay. skip so you Xenoblade can, Chronicles. What you need so to you play can is... skip the best one, is what you just said? I mean, technically, yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles X is the best is the best game I've played from that series. For me. Okay. So you but could play just Xenoblade Chronicles X, then it sounds like. Yeah, but it's only on the Wii U. Oh, okay. Yeah, They've that's the one that's it. the one of the games that people have been wanting ported alongside like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. It's so yeah. freaking good, dude. Halfway through that game, you start you get a mech and you can just fly everywhere. Well, that sounds fun. It's awesome. All right. Yeah, well, you still have my Wii U hooked up, so I don't know. Maybe if I ever get hard up for something to play, I'll. You can always play up. Devil's Third. <laughs> <laughs> this man is dead. Bang. <laughs> this man is dead. Bang. I shoot bird, then eat. Uh Nintendo Switch Sports has been announced. You know, Nintendo trying to capitalize on that. Uh... I was excited, and then I saw the monstrosities that weren't the Miis, and I went, oh my god, I hope you can choose Miis. I thought I read somewhere that you can. I mean, you can strap oh, a, you they, can strap they, a, they, a Joy-Con to your leg. They, they, you can. Yeah. When, they, uh, when the two guys in, in, like, on the uh, Direct played, they were using their Miis, so I was like, oh, yeah. thank god. Yeah, that I actually have that leg strap thing from um, uh, Ring... ring... Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was a thing. Yep. I also forgot Nintendo sold cardboard a couple of years ago. Actually, I have all those, too. And that, that stuff was awesome. I know it gets a lot of hate, but that stuff was really awesome. It's just such a weird thing to sell cardboard. Uh, More direct stuff. Live Alive is getting a remake coming to the Switch. It's Live Alive. Whatever. No, it's Live Alive. It's Live Alive? Um, I'm excited for that one. They're doing because... it. In the... Go ahead. They're doing it in that weird style. That 2D um... HD. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's every game in, in the... that style looks good. Yeah, it's it's uh, the um uh, what's o- it called Octopath. Octopath Traveler, style. and also yeah. Project Triangle Strategy, which is the worst name for and... a game ever. And also the remake of Dragon Warrior Three or Dragon Quest Three. Yeah. That is really? a cool art style. Yeah. So huh. I'd like to see no, more yeah. of that. No, Live Alive is is like I've been following that game for like ten years because it's one of those it's like this is like a really renowned RPG that never came to the United States. They even went as far as to make a fan translation and now they're finally bringing it over here. Like that's that's supposed to be like a really good one. All right. Mario Kart 8 is getting DLC. Uh, 48 new tracks. And if you have the expansion pass, it's free. 
I'm excited for this. Yeah, goddamn right. Holy cow. Like, I have the expansion pass, so I'm going to get it for free, but getting all these pass, tra- especially getting tracks from, like, the mobile game. Yeah. I've never played. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like getting new tracks. Yeah, we don't need Mario Kart 9. Mario Kart 8 is the, the... We should just call it Mario Kart Infinite at this point. We're done. My friend Daniel was really upset that he would have to buy Mario Kart 8 again. And I'm like, I'm not going to play it on the Wii U. No, that DLC is like, not I'm coming to the, the Wii U. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like He's like, oh, I don't want to have to buy it again. Then don't. But you also can't... like Don't say that you'd rather pay for a new Mario Kart. Right, and then have all the courses separated from each other if you want to play them. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, just buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and get the expansion pass, and boom. I will be, yeah. Like 25 bucks if you don't have the expansion pass, but since I have it, I'm just going to get that shit for free, so I'm good. Were they adding like a new circuit to it or anything like that? It'll be six new circuits, I think, right? And then each one has like so many tracks in it. Like, each pack is, like, one circuit, and it's got a bunch of tracks each time they do a drop. And I guess it's going to be for the next two years. So, yeah, Mario Kart 8 is going to be around a while. Also, that announcement pretty much guarantees we won't see a new Switch until 2024. Nintendo's kind of expecting the Switch to last through 2023, which I guess makes sense. All right. Uh, I think that's all the... Nintendo Direct stuff I have on my list. But don't worry, I've got plenty more. We'll continue with the Nintendo theme and tell you that uh, Nintendo sent out a press release very proud of the fact that they're sending Gary Bowser, which is hilarious to me, to three years in jail for circumventing Switch software. Wait, what? Dude's name is Gary Bowser. He was a hacker who, like released this thing that would, like, circumvent the Switch so you could play, like, pirated games or whatever. They have sentenced him to three years in jail. They sent out a PR about it, dude. They were proud. I'm assuming this guy's a American? Uh, I don't know that it says where he's from. Let me pull up the story here. He has $15 million in fines. Uh, he's been sentenced... I'll never get that money back. Yeah, he's been sentenced to three years in jail... He is the leader of the Switch hacking group Team Executor. Uh, The official charges are conspiracy to circumvent technological measures and to traffic and circumvention devices. And trafficking and circumvention devices. Uh, Both are federal felonies. He's a 51-year-old Canadian who was arrested in the Dominican Republic and is no relation to Doug Bowser or King Koopa, according to this story. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. So did he know this was happening and fled to the Dominican Republic? I don't know. He had already agreed to pay the $14.5 million, uh, $4.5 million to Nintendo of America as restitution and a further $10 million also to Nintendo of America as, quote, monetary relief. He also had all... That... Go ahead. I was going to say, it should be noted that, like, he was selling... Like physical modification devices to for the Switch. Like it wasn't like, oh, I've just had some ROMs on my site. Just so people are aware that there's a big difference here. Yep. 
says here that uh, Nintendo claimed that his his actions caused more than $65 million in losses to video game companies. It said the damages went beyond loss, losses, um, quote, harming video game developers and small creative studio who products and hard work is essentially stolen when games are pirated. Yeah. So, it's. I think the only reason this story makes news is because fucking his name is Gary. His last name is Bowser, yeah, 100%. Name. Yeah. Yes. And also they sent out a press release, which is just, I don't know, that just struck me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's because they want to make it clear to anybody else that might think about doing something like that, that this isn't just like, oh, I'm just going to do it and we'll see if they can catch me. Like, no, dude, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. It's their version of putting a head on a pike. Yeah, basically. It's, it's just weird to send it to the like the PR people, or like the PR people to send it out and be like, look what we did. Yeah. Put this out there. Yeah. Yeah. Let everybody they're, know, they're don't telling... fuck with Mario. <laughs> they're telling yeah. you now, like, if you're like, let's fuck around and find out. Like, get... Bowser yeah. found out. Fucking... Yeah, Bowser found out. Go ahead. Fuck around. <laughs> yeah. How's he going to support his Koopa kids being in jail and all? Yeah. How's he supposed they're, to pay they're... back $14 million? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A lot of gold mean... coins. Right? Uh, I hope he collected enough on his way to jail. I don't think he made that much. They tried to arrest him a couple times, but uh, the first seven Bowsers they tried to arrest were actually other enemies in disguise. (laughs) Or they were in another castle. He's been moving around the map. They arrested his child first, Bowser Jr. (laughs) He was just trying to paint. You leave him alone. He just wants the acceptance of dad. Uh, in a new story to make Anthony mad, Atomic Heart is out in 2022 in something that ends in Ember. Did yeah. You, did you like that trailer out in blank, 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 member? <laughs> no, I didn't watch it because like, at this point it's like, I'm not upset about it. It's just one of those things I've watched this for a long time. And like, it's not the first time they've said that it's going to come out. And so like, I'm like hesitant on it. That's all. Well, it's in Game Pass, so when it does finally come out, we can just play it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't even have to pay for it. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of games on platforms, because that's a real broad transition, uh, Martha is Dead is being censored on the PlayStation. I watched what they said that it was... I watched it too, where they're cutting the face off with the... It was so bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's not like bad and like, a, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. I went... That looks like a video game character cutting the face off of another video game But let me ask this question. Anybody who's played through The Last of Us 2, is that really any worse than something in that game? And that's a lot of what people were saying. Like, it's okay when Neil Druckmann does it, but it's not okay when... An indie developer does it. Indie developer does it, yeah. It's because The Last of Us 2 is art. I don't know if I'd call that art. I wouldn't call it art. I wouldn't either, but I'm just saying that's what they say. (laughs) I don't know. So if you want to play that game uncensored, you got to buy it on PC or Xbox because it is fully uncensored there. I just, yeah, for for a company to put out The Last of Us and then The Last of Us 2 and then be like, oh, we're, you know, all about the purity. Like, I can understand this stuff from Nintendo because uh, they want to keep a family-friendly image even though... I mean, there's a lot of horniness of going on. Yeah, exactly. On. Some of the stuff that, yeah, what was it? Um, Breath of the Wild, everybody wants to fuck Link. Yeah. Um, but it, it is weird that it's like they will publish that as a first party 
here's a game that just has to be led onto their platform, and they're like, oh, make some changes. Yeah, you need to take that part out. Uh, new Assassin's Creed standalone is coming. Uh, it's an ex- it's expansion to Valhalla, but it's going to be a standalone featuring Basim. I'm assuming yep. you, you know who that is. Basim, no idea who yep. that is. You, if you play through the story, um, Valhalla. Yeah, Valhalla. He becomes a very important character. Yep. Apparently, Valhalla is only 19 bucks on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's actually, how do man? It's been too long since I played Valhalla. It's not Basim. It's I think it's just Basim. Basim. Yeah, I can't remember how he pronounces it. It's been too long. That uh, I think that game's on sale on the Ubisoft sale on Xbox this weekend too. I don't think it's 19 bucks though. I don't know. I just know that that game for 19 bucks. I mean, if you're paying per hour, it's like a penny an hour, dude. No kidding, right? It's crazy. I'm uh, really interested in that uh, DLC, but I feel like I need to finish the other two DLCs. I was gonna say, there's isn't there like two other DLCs to get through first? <laughs> God damn! How do they pump out so much content for those games? It's insanity, man. Mm-hmm. I haven't even played uh, Odyssey yet. They, they, they. <laughs> They uh, give bonuses to their employees in NFTs. That's the thing that happened to everybody. That, that literally I happened. know that happened, but I don't discuss NFTs on here because they're dumb. I just, it, the, the, the gall, we couldn't sell these. Here's your bonus. Dude, if somebody gave me an NFT as a bonus, I'd straight up quit right there on the spot. <laughs> I'd be like, you don't respect me enough. Uh Microsoft. This monkey, take this monkey picture and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Microsoft has clarified that Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard games are going to be multi-platform in a uh, blog statement that they put out to, oh, I don't know, make it a little better for the FTC regulation. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you, I mean, like, you think that was going to happen? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Considering what, what, what the. F- a month ago, we sat down and said, why would they make Call of Duty multi-platform? Well, the reason why they would is so they can buy them. <laughs> yeah, because uh, once the Federal Trade Commission came in and said, hey. You also have to wonder like how the wording is worded Like after they actually get through with the purchase. like Maybe in two years, they're like, well, you know, maybe not. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> After we officially own these well, people. Well, after, after the contracts that they've already signed are done. Then they can do whatever they want. Maybe not. Yeah, that's what'll happen. Honestly, I wish they would just keep all of those games multiplayer because I think Call of Duty, Overwatch, World of Warcraft, like all of that stuff is going to thrive better the more platforms you have it on. Yeah. Multiplayer games in general generally do. Yeah. So don't, I don't, I don't think that's the best way to go. Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, Sifu is getting accessibility options, and this made people mad. Can't believe they're doing this. Of course <laughs> it did. It always makes people mad. Like, how dare you make a game easier for other people to play? How dare you? You're allowing the filthy casuals to play my game. Uh, you know, I uh, jumped into a an argument with Twitter, and to be fair, I'm not like trying to shit on the guy. I don't know if he listens, whatever. But, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I understand if you look at a video game and all you see is difficulty, but that is not, like, if that is the case, then, like, 
play an arcade game where, you know, the graphics are minimal and the difficulty is high. I'm like, you know, everybody always falls back to Dark Souls to defend it, but it is not... It is not Dark Souls. It is everything that came after Dark Souls that said, we have to be difficult to be fun. And it's like, that is not how that works. Like, mm-hmm. you are missing kind of the nuances that made Dark Souls work when Armored Core lost, like, newcomers with every entry. Because that's a difficult game, too. Um, and also from from software. Uh, like. If if the game is just difficult, then you're ignoring the lore and the graphics and the level design and, like, the world and all this other stuff that clearly effort is put into. Like, when I hear about Dark Souls, yeah, difficulty definitely comes up, but I also ta- hear people talk about the lore aspects of it, and some people want to engage with that, but physically or mentally cannot because of the difficulty of dark souls and while it's fair it is still difficult yeah that's one of the things i've never understood about that argument is they're like dude you should totally play bloodborne you should totally play dark souls like well i can't well fuck you get good then yeah like don't (laughs) you cannot have the conversation and tell a bunch of people to play a thing and when they come back to you and say i wish it was easier go fuck you get good You've invited this. If it stayed a niche thing, then no one would be having this conversation about it. No one's fighting to play niche games. That's just not happening because they're niche. Everybody kind of understands that that's the market. Like, the the, the example brought up is, I don't like sports games. Well, not liking sports games and sports games being difficult are two different things. I don't like sports games, so I don't play them. But no one also is telling me that everybody should play fucking madden or nhl or whatever like that's just not a conversation that's had like it comes around the difficulty things and it's like guys you clearly want to gatekeep but nothing is going to like make you cool over this scenario you're not cool for being a single player game on a difficult level no one gives a shit you're just being an asshole Sorry, I it, thought like, you were going to jump in, Wombat. I thought you were about to say yeah. something. I was just going to say, it doesn't even, it doesn't even, you don't even need to change game mechanics. Like, you can just increase the amount of damage that your character can take and decrease the amount of damage that the enemies can take. Yeah, I mean, and Sony's then leave proven everything that. else the same. Yeah, Sony's yeah. proven that with their accessibility options. Like, there's a, there's a mode in The Last of Us 2 where if you're, like, prone, enemies don't see you. Like, you can just and literally like, crawl past them. They don't see you. Um, I think, in like, it's time to start talking, I guess, when it comes to accessibility, not just with, like, physical, because I think that's the easiest one to see right, and think about. But there is, like, cognitive things, too, where it's like, we want... It's the, you want we want people to be able to play it, but then we're not willing to make the sacrifices like nothing is going like if there was an easy mode in dark souls nothing removes your experience of dark souls like if your experience of dark souls is purely based off the fact that other people can't play it then your experience sucks i hate to say it to you but if that's the only thing like it's like oh i watched a movie but no one else can watch it so that's what makes the movie good does that make any sense to you because doesn't to me no, like, that was don't the... get that concept. 
That was the question I asked last night, and I don't feel like I ever got a good answer. I was like, if they put an easy mode in this, who does it hurt? And, like, one of the best examples, and I, it's sad that I feel like they missed the mark with the sequel, is Doom 2016. It takes five shotgun rounds to, like, say it takes five shotgun rounds to kill a specific enemy. It is always five shotgun rounds, no matter what difficulty. The thing that changes is how the AI works together. They'll only fight you one-on-one -on, -one on easier levels, right? They may swarm around you, but they'll all take turns. And in f later levels, they all attack simultaneously. That's how they dealt with difficulty. There's smart ways to do it where the experience doesn't really change. And it also makes it so people can get better Again, we always point to Dark Souls, but it's like Dark Souls, at least the first game, slowly sort of wades you into the difficulty to some extent. Um, most games don't learn from the nuances. I, I, I don't know how many times I've played a game and went, this is clearly inspired by Dark Souls, but they seem to have taken just the difficulty aspect and not any of the nuance of it all. And just because Dark Souls does it doesn't mean all games should do it. And unfortunately... It's spreading. It's spreading to a bunch of games where they all feel that they have to be difficult to be good. You can be a good game and not be extremely difficult. I don't... Those, like, those two things don't actually combine. Like, if the game is good because it's difficult, I don't... Is it good? Because, like, how could we tell? It's just difficult. Like, what if it was a bad game and it was difficult? That doesn't make it good, right? Like, if it was poorly programmed... To, and that's where the difficulty came from. Does that make it a good game? That, like, but that's that's the, where their argument falls for me. Is like that's not what makes Dark Souls good games. What makes them good is their enemy designs, their world yeah. designs, their lore that's hidden in there. Bubsy 3D is is a difficult game, but it ain't good. Yeah. Oh fuck, Bubsy 3D. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, yeah, like the difficulty. Game. No, might I just be... didn't think Bubsy 3D was going to be brought up in the conversation. It so it took me a little off. <laughs> I I have like I played Sifu and I like what I played of it, but the difficulty turned me off. And it's not because I can't get good. I'm sure that if I spent like Drew and I were talking about this earlier with fighting games, I'm sure if I sat down and dedicated myself, you know, I consider myself a pretty good Overwatch player. But that's because I've played thousands of hours of it. Yeah, I don't have that time for every game. Some games I just want to play, like a Dark Souls. I want to sit down. I want to play through the game, I want to beat the bosses, get to the end, spend 20 hours tops in those games. I don't want to spend 600 hours learning the nuance of Dark Souls. And Dark Souls is, is debilitating in that fashion because, like, you know, when I talk to they Wombat about... progress. Yeah, like, I'll play for two hours and I did nothing, and they're like, well, it was the experience of learning about it. I was like, yeah, but when I come back to play it in a week and a half, I ain't gonna remember that! And I'm gonna... Exactly. I'm gonna That's exactly and then, it. And I'm gonna just say it now. If that is if that is your excuse, try a real hobby. I hate to be like that, but like do something that'll really bring in the money if you could like like that's where I don't get it. Like I play video games because I find them enjoyable. And you're like I like the process of becoming better. But like you're becoming better at a single player game. Like to me, that that's where I, I, I disconnect. And I realize this is a, a me thing, but it's like if I were to become better, I would work on drawing more. I would work on a hobby that I could 
potentially not make a career out of, but at least bring some money in of, of some sort, um, or 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 be more social with, or do literally anything with, like the skills you learn in Dark Souls aren't necessarily transferable to anything else. Dude, I put it on my resume. They gave me like five hundred thousand like, dollars a year. Like you have no idea. But it's like that's what I I don't understand about it. Like I understand like the the joy of feeling like you're getting better at something, but I feel like. It's so high with certain games. You could just do a different hobby if you want this difficulty level. Like, you know, people rock climb. I I have no interest in becoming better at at rock climbing because I don't feel like, A, that's a skill I want to have, partially because I'm afraid of falling off the cliff, and B, it doesn't interest me. But, like, some people that interest. And maybe that'll come in handy one day. I don't know, but it's like... They go out together and they spend time together rock climbing and it's an experience. And to me, it's like that still has like a a, a more uh, transferable set of skills than being good at a certain video game that's hard and then telling other people, you know, some games just aren't for everyone and just don't comprehend it like maybe someone can explain it to me and I'll, I'll be like oh you know what that makes total sense to me it's just i've never been able to c- grasp that concept they're not they're not going to be able to explain it to you in a way that's that makes sense because a most of them aren't don't think of games the way that especially ken or i think about games in that and drew i guess too anthony i feel like you have a little bit more time for games than the rest of us do uh, you uh, kid yourself <laughs> but um like Ken said, the the I don't want to have to invest. To, so my thing with the Souls games and Sekiro and Demon Souls and Dark Souls and all those games is that I love the mechanics in those games. I love the level designs. I love the character designs. I love everything about those games. But I can't play them because I don't have a hundred hours to invest in just getting good enough to progress right and so if those games elden ring's a perfect example if they came out tomorrow and said elden ring has a mode that doubles the amount of damage that your character can take and doubles and uh cuts in half the amount of damage that enemies take and that's it nothing else changes the progression system stays the same uh the the combat stays the same everything else stays the same um i would buy that game yep me but too i can't buy that game cuz i i'm not going to have time to do anything but get frustrated by it um and the reason that you're not going to get a great explanation from most of these people is that even though they don't want to say that that's the case there's pride associated with having spent all those hours to be able to play a souls game and the people who spent all those hours to be able to play a souls game want to be able to say oh yeah i finished you know dark souls uh blah 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 i finished sekiro and they don't want people who didn't spend that time to be able to say i finished dark souls or i finished sekiro that's the big thing it's it's a um there's ego associated with the time that it took to get good enough to play that. And I understand that. It's like if, you know, I throughout my life have been, I'll say, 
halfway decent at various things because I spent the time to practice them. And if there was like some magical wand that people could wave to instantly be good at those, I would be like, oh, well, that that's, uh, you know, I'm glad you're good at it, but that kind of sucks that I kind of wasted my time here. Um, but the it, what it does is it, it dilutes the number of people who can enjoy those games. And I just think that's, I don't know, that, that goes against the spirit of what I like in mm-hmm. video gaming, which is everybody being able to play as much stuff as possible. I'm going to, I'm going to, again, like it, it, we, we talk about this, like, you know, the conversation wants to be, oh, this is an art form, but then you literally are like, yeah, but it's not an art form everybody can enjoy. So I guess that argument falls apart. And I'm just going to say it. I'd love to see people that are like really good at like a video game go out into the real world and and let's be clear, not make money off of being really good at that video game. This is not because because like as much as I'd, I want to just separate the group here, if you're really good at fighting games and you're competing and there's money involved, we're talking about a totally different thing. As far as I'm concerned, you're more like an athlete, you know, or if you're doing it and you're streaming it, you know, you made a job off of it. Good for you. But let's be honest, the most the majority of people that have this conversation are not. And I want you to go into the real world and say this shit online about how good you are at video games and see if anybody cares. You're going to get the same response as the um, Newman in uh, fucking Jurassic Park. See? Nobody cares. I will you know? I will give you one yeah. last food for thought. I saw this tweet yesterday, and I apologize. I don't remember who tweeted it, but it really struck a nerve with me. He said that people who don't want difficulty options in games are the same people who don't want uh, student loan forgiveness uh, because they've already paid off their loans. And I chuckled at that. In comparison, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that just made me laugh. All right, a couple more news stories so we can do an email and get out of here. Uh, Platinum Games wants to make bigger games. Um, some people took that to mean, like, live service games. Also, Kamiya was out there hollering at Phil, hey, let's get back together and do Scalebound, which I thought was very funny. Especially since we just talked about Scalebound the other day on the show. Yeah, and it was Platinum Games that fucked that up, and now they're like, hey, they must need money or something. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird vibes coming out of that group. Lately, yeah. They like. spent a bunch of money to put out... Um... Wonderful 101, and I can't imagine it sold all that great. Uh, they also have two new games coming soon, Babylon's Fall and Soul Cresta. And, you know, Bayonetta 3 is out sometime this century. Uh, I bet you Babylon's Fall is like a huge disappointment. Soul Cresta is a niche game. I imagine it'll do okay. I don't know. I think they're just... I think they stretched themselves too thin. They burned too many bridges, and now they're looking for somebody to come in and give them a whole bunch of money. I don't know. Uh, new details about the Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, supposedly Capcom is going to show it off soon, and it's going to take a darker turn. And in fact, like the first few levels, including the village, are going to be at night, and it's going to be more inspired by the original trailers as opposed to the final game. So... If anything could outsell RE2 Remake, it's RE4 Remake. 
Were the original trailers different from the final game? Yes, Resident oh, Evil dude. 4 oh, was okay. a we very just... different game. No, I'll have to look I... them up. I, I, that's the reason why I didn't understand dude. that statement. Okay. Look up, look up Resident Evil 4 original. Yeah, the, okay. the so Shinji Mikami Resident Evil 4. Holy crap, does it look creepy. Yeah, it's a much yeah. different game. The final... This was after, like... Leon, Leon was, like, infected and was hallucinating. Yes. And he was getting attacked by his hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, then. All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, much different game. The last story is for Anthony. It's about your favorite Tommy in the game industry. <laughs> oh, tweak my nipples. I'm so happy. Yay. So, Tommy Tallarico okay. has stepped down as the CEO of Amico. So, I watched a video on this this morning. You want you want another juicy tidbit about this story? Oh, I have all of them, but you go ahead and share. Uh, So, the guy who is the new CEO was actually involved in the Coleco Chameleon. <laughs> no. Yes. What? Yes. No, no, no. The new CEO of Activision? No, no, no. The new CEO of the Amico of Intellivision. Or, uh, or Television, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Phil Davis, I think is his name. I watched a video this I, morning. I don't think that's right. Um, he was... He was... <sighs> Yeah, I don't remember that name coming up. No, so he was the guy who... No, give me a second. He was the guy that shuttered... Um, uh, in, not Interplay. Um, Infogrames or whatever. Like, he was he was part of, like, two companies that shut down. Uh, Spectrum Holobyte was one of them. Dude, I'm telling um, you right now, I'm looking at the news story. Phil Adam, the new Intellivision CEO, was VP of Business for the Coleco Chameleon. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Oh, okay. So can I? Oh, fucking Jesus. Okay. So the the thing that makes me weirded out by this is that they all took paychecks. So they took a bunch of money from people, including investors. They paid themselves. This is a startup. You don't do that. Um, they all got nice paychecks, like more than like a minimum wage paycheck. And if part of me says. Ah, uh, you know, if they if they had started this up during the pandemic, it was an easy way for Tommy to make a paycheck while he couldn't do video games live. Um, who, by the way, has gone back to video games live because the sink the ship is sinking and like. Well, yeah, the Amico. He's trying to fucking bail after talking shit about all these to people saying, "Oh, you got the price wrong. Yeah, uh, no, this is gonna be great. This is for families. You have nothing. It's been like five years of nothing, and it's just like." The Amico, to be an asshole. The, the Amico, uh, in order to pay back the $8.75 million that they owe to investors, needs to sell 8,000 units, and it's only no. pre-ordered 6,000. So, so, no, it gets better. So now they're crowdfunding again. Yes, which they said they would never to, do. Yeah, which they said they would never do in the first place, and this is now the fourth or fifth time. Yep, and it's the fourth time. Yep. So they're going to crowdfund. Uh, they, they said if they get a certain amount of money... Oh my god, if they get a certain amount of money, they'll only be able to last for like two months. Well, they're not going to get a product out, so all that money is going to do is pay off the loans that they... The loans from fucking board members. Not The, the board members didn't pay into it. They loaned the company money with interest. So wait, what's basically happening is they put in money to make a company to then pull more money out of, and then the company's gone. Like, I just... Oh my god, and I can't even say it's intentional. I think it's just stupidity. 
I mean, now it's intentional, but like, I think it started off with like the idea that they're going to make a video game console and it's just like, and and like Tommy Talrico, I I don't see him ever really working in video games again. This is such a stain. He was such a prick. Um, And I'm not saying he was always like that, but this, this just, he was such a dickhead to anybody that said, this is a bad idea. Here we are. The idea still doesn't look very good. In fact, it looks worse. And um, the rumor is that he had at one point had the opportunity to buy the parts before part shortages started happening. And he said, no, I don't want to pay for them at that price, even though he still would have made money on the console. And now it's too much money to buy the parts he wants. They tried to renege off of uh, from a, like a an agreement made with a parts manufacturer, and the parts manufacturer just kept the money and said, "Fuck you, you're not reneging. This was a deal made. We'd set up a line." Like I fucking just every one day there'll be this like Polygon or Kotaku article that's just gonna go through like everything when people start talking. Like um, uh, Jay Allard, I want to know what the fuck they brought Jay Allard for, like because he was in and then out. He had people from Nintendo who helped launch the Wii at one point in time. Those people don't exist anymore in this company. Like, I, it just, it's been a clusterfuck since the beginning, and it's just been this constant, like, it can't possibly get worse, and it has. And that's the reason why I'm like, just sort of like shocked and entertained by it all. One of the things that, that uh, one of the death spirals that always happens in a situation like this is the people who are smart and the people that have talent always jump off first. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. so the people that are left are just completely incapable of well finding a way to right the ship. Tommy jumped off, so you can definitely tell the ship is yeah. truly sinking now. In the uh, the um the, the so the games that they were working on like, all that was funded by, like, German taxpayer dollars. That this, uh, I think, Phil Adam had set up a different Intellivision in Germany so he was a- able to get the grant to pay. Get, or get the grant so they could try to make games. None of those games are finished, by the way. Yeah. It's not. This thing's never coming out. It, it, it doesn't exist. It, like, it, it's, it's a... Is it a Ponzi scheme or is it a pyramid scheme? I can never remember. It's a Ponzi if it's got a product, right? Because that's what it feels like. It's a Ponzi scheme. Like, you'll pay in and you'll get in return, you know, the more we sell. And, like, then they sold a bunch of physical products that are games but not because you have to download them and they don't exist yet and can't use them with the Amico. And that fucking... I, uh, it's just a fucking, like, I couldn't run a company worse. Live your dreams, kids. You couldn't possibly fail this bad. All right. <laughs> One email, two tweets, we'll get out of here. I know it's a long show. Uh, Antonio says, I've never played a From Software game due to their difficulty, but I feel like I should take the plunge with Elden Ring. Despite it having the same difficulty, it does seem the most welcoming, especially with its new stealth mechanic. In other news, I'm really loving Dying Light 2 as I expected. With Horizon and Gran Turismo 7 just days and weeks away, respectively, this personally might be the best gaming month I've had in years. One last thing, if Wombat is on, I would like to know his current thoughts on what's been shown of WWE 2K22 so far. I will add, the $120 NWO version is a really gross offering considering how bad the last game was. Yeah, I mean, the the, the game... Um, well, let me put it this way. They, there's a reason that they tend to keep showing entrances and character models. Um, that's the tell 
in a game like this um that the gameplay is not that great um so the i watched some gameplay of the game and it does look like there's some things that may have been fixed but it still looked like there were issues with collision detection um the ropes still have the goofy like you, i don't know how many of the people that listen to the show ever watch pro wrestling but um if you if the only thing you knew about pro wrestling was based on a 5 minute gameplay video of of uh WWE 2K22 you would think that wrestlers are just constantly getting stuck between ropes um it, like the 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 video that i saw that people kept getting their shoulders caught on the ropes and their feet caught on the ropes and the ropes are bouncing around all over the place like it there were some things that looked like an improvement um and some things that are just like yeah this is the same the same shit and i am well past uh giving that game the benefit of the doubt so um we'll have to see when it actually comes out what how it plays um but i i refuse um to give any hype or investment in that game until someone i trust plays it um, you not and it's not picture? just being demoed. Yeah, the pictures are from WWE. Oh, I posted a couple. Yeah, yeah. I was I was laughing at like you said it looked like PS2 and I'm like early PS2. <laughs> yeah. To to be fair, I think that I I think I figured out that the one picture that I posted, not that this makes it much better because they're still selling it, but um, the one picture I posted of Shawn Michaels and Beth Phoenix, where Beth Phoenix looks like she's having a flashback, um, the, that's from the PS4 version. It appears based on the buttons. Um, but still, I mean, they're still selling the PS4 version, so, um, it should still, you know, not look like a PS2 game. Um, yeah, it's just bad, man. It's just, yeah, I, I am, my confidence level in that game is zero. And so when it comes out, maybe I'll be proven incorrect, but. We'll find out soon. It's only about a month away. All right, uh, two quick tweets. The first one is from Bateau. He says, I wish I had a question to ask. Hmm, think we'll ever see another Riddick game. Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> He's too busy you know. working on Ark, right? Ark 2? Yes. <laughs> see, I didn't know that. I was going to say no because, like, the last Riddick movie didn't do well. Yeah, I, you know what I could see? I could see both of these games being remastered at some point, but I don't think we're going to get a new one. Plus, who would make it at this point? Like that—that that company's gone. Sun, uh, uh, Starbreeze is is dead. Yeah, as yeah. as it was. And the last tweet, well, the movie franchise doesn't really exist anymore either. So yeah, they tried to keep it going, and it kind of just fizzled out. You know, Pitch Black is still a classic, but after that, it was just kind of like it just got worse and worse. So. All right, last tweet comes down to the last thing we're going to talk about. See how wrong we are. Chad says, "Go Bengals." Who's your pick? Who's your Super Bowl pick? Cincinnati is my pick. I'm taking Cincinnati as well. I know, Drew, you're taking the Rams, right? Yep. yep Rams. Anthony, you want to pick one, even though you don't know a thing about either one? Dr. Dre. <laughs> Dr. Dre is he, Anthony's he wins, pick. He, he wins the Super Bowl. Dr. Dre wins the Super Bowl. He definitely walks away with probably the most money. Uh, yeah, I would. Well, I don't know. Those <laughs> quarterbacks make a lot of money. so I don't know, man. 
doesn't make fucking Pepsi money because that's I'm pretty sure who pays the uh, halftime. Yes, it is the Pepsi halftime show. So we're gonna see come tomorrow. I'm gonna go order my food even though the game is three and a half hours away, <laughs> and I think I might be eating by halftime. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Alright, uh, if you want to tweet at us at M4G Podcast, you want to shoot us an email, it's podcast at ztgd.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Anthony's a complacent robot. Ryan's at WombatRP. Drew is at DMFury, and I'm at ZTGD. Check out the site at ZTGD content. And also, Phoenix Down, Yakuza 4 is currently the one. Are we having an episode this week, Drew, or nay? Uh, we should be. I need to get in contact with Matt. Okay, so Yakuza 4 is the current game in rotation. If not, you should call Anthony and say, hey, let's do... Um, Let's do an intermission. Perhaps. Because it's been a while since you guys did an intermission, isn't it? Gosh, maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the last intermission. Anyway, that's all I've got. Um, this was a lot. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Enjoy your Super Bowl time. And we got to go back to work tomorrow. Because fuck it. Other than that, I got anything else to be missed. I don't know. We got to bye. Peace, bitch. Alrighty. And it goes something like this. Welcome to the N4G Podcast. This is going to be a very interesting episode. Greetings, program. I got lost trying to find my way to the secret underground N4G radio lair. Play games, not consoles. No bad boys allowed. And then I, and then I killed the dragon. Then I killed the dragon.